by my doctors today that it looks like I'm going to be completely uh, unattached to any technology as of De- December 19th. That should be the that should be the completed day for me. That's uh, what they're saying. I just ta- I talked to the infectious diseases doctor, Doctor uh, Seals today. First time that we'd really had a chance to sit down since I'd been in the hospital. She was very happy by what she had seen, and uh, she had she was willing to uh, take me off of uh, this antibiotic pump that I that you can see on on Facebook right now that I have, and uh, and take me off of it next week. But then she made a good point. She said that uh, when they had done the MRI, uh, some of the um, abscess that had been in my foot had been a kind of had been very very close to some bone again towards my fourth toe. And she said, "I just think that just to be absolutely sure that we kill this stuff off completely, Dave." That we go until, you know, we go six weeks. We go to the 19th. After what I've already been through, it just seems like to me two more weeks that will help guarantee that I won't have a relapse is a small thing to do. So I said, let's uh, let's just go for the six weeks. She said, good, smiled at me, said, I thought that that's the way you would have thought about it because you're, you're one of those people just like, to do when you want to go to battle, you go to battle. And I said, yeah, I do. So uh, they're going to do an extra two weeks. So that takes me to the 19th, and then I'll be done. So I'll be all done by uh, the uh, by Christmas. That was a big deal for me today. You know, it's only 30 days to Christmas today. Did you know that, Zach? 30 days. What you, what you get me? Have you got me something already? Did you wrap it? Did you buy from Amazon and just say wrap it and send it send it wrapped? Is that what you did? No, he's shaking his head. He's not ready to come on here and talk about that. I do have something for you that you're going to get a big kick out of. I know that because you do such hard, such good work. I want all my listeners to know that Zach's the man. He does a great job. Uh, you know, Russ moved up in the company. He's doing. Uh, you know, other things uh, here at the station. And he had to step down from being my producer because if you're my producer, a good portion of your day is dedicated to being my producer. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that nobody ever sees. So the bottom line is is that Zach was, um, I don't know if he considered it being promoted or not, 
Some some people have different opinions of that when they say you're going to be Ellswick's producer. What? And then others go, really? Zach, I think, kind of did a really. He kind of liked the idea of doing it. And so anyway, uh, he does a great job, and he works hard, and he makes sure that everything is done that needs to be done so this show gets gets done the way it should be. So bottom line, I do have something I'm getting from you. So getting that getting from you, getting for you, uh, that I think that you'll like. Uh, and so on top of that, uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Driscoll today, as I talked to her, uh, she was checking out the wound on the bottom of my foot. You know all about that. Uh, it is healing up nicely. They're going to do this cool thing. I forgot what it was exactly called. Uh, they take cells from the leftover tissue of uh, baby's uh, uh, circumcisions. And they take cells from that, and they uh, take it, and they make a device that goes on the wound, and it begins the growth. It, it just... The cells, it's, that's all it is, the cells. It's not the tissue itself, it's cells. And the cells start regenerating, and they form new tissue on the wound. And it speeds up the healing. I also found out, I, I told you, Zach, they never explained to me exactly why this hyperbaric stuff is so important. That's where they put you in a tube and you go diving, lying in a tube. They take you down 45 feet and they feed you straight oxygen. One of the reasons is that it helps uh, rebuild blood uh, veins and things of that nature. The other is it literally helps exchange over the calcium in your bones. How's that one for you? I didn't feel anything different going on or anything. I just lay there and just breathe. But the bottom line is is that um, it will let all of the bone be, be turnover, kind of like your skin does. You know, when you wash your, your hands or you take a shower, you wash off skin. And, then, and you end up with a whole new covering of skin over the course of I don't know how many days it is. There's, um, it's on the internet i've seen it before but the bottom line is is that this does the same thing for your bones so any kind of small area that might have had uh this infection in it will be turned over and the infection will be totally destroyed by that as well so it's like they're just making sure this stuff never it doesn't stand a chance but this stuff that they put on your wound it it grows skin really really fast and then it is slough off and the skin that your body has grown will be there then it's just kind of amazing science to be honest and again it's taken from the uh, circumcisions of live babies not aborted fetuses or anything because they know that i would have said don't want it can't do it and uh since it's a live child that they're using, why not use it? This makes sense. So anyway, I'm going to going to have, I guess it's like two million cells in this. It, it's all put together and frozen, and then they place it 
in, in, in on my foot and it, it starts regrowing there it's just it's incredible stuff what's going on in medicine now is really is incredible incredible stuff so they got they're going to do that but uh dr driscoll told me today that uh the uh, wound vac that I've been wearing, which I don't have on today because I had to go see the, another doctor after I saw the wound clinic. So they didn't put it on. They just uh, did it up and put some uh, antibiotics on it. And she took a look at it, was really excited about what she was seeing and how fast and how good it was uh, It was uh, repairing itself and healing itself. Uh, said, three weeks, Dave. You're done with this thing. Don't have to wear it again. So that puts that about uh, around the 19th as well. So I'm excited. I'm really excited. We're we're made. We've made very very good um, movement forward, and uh, and that's a good thing. It's great to know that I'm I'm uh, coming around. Uh, but let me just tell you something. If you're a diabetic, and by the way, some of these people that I'm talking about. Here on your Dr. Seal and uh, Algron and and some other people are going to be on my show to talk about diabetes and talking about the things that I'm you're hearing me talk about now because it's really important and it's really important if you've been diagnosed with type two diabetes. I'm going to just talk type two right now. Type one, that's a totally different animal. Type two, that you eat right. You exercise, you lose the extra weight, and, uh, you know, you do what the doctor tells you to do so that your A1C, you get in, try to get it under 7. I, mean, I was talking to uh, the doctor today about patients who come in, or they know that they've got, you know, some bad things going on, and they come in with a small wound on their, on their foot, and before the battle is all over, they've lost a leg. And it's because they just won't eat right or whatever. Why will you not eat right and lose a leg? That's just, to me, I don't get that. So uh, if if you're under a doctor's care, and you should be if you're type 2, you should be talking to your physician. And you should be doing what you need to do. Losing weight. I've been losing weight. You know what my weight was this weekend, bro? 178. I'm below the 180 I was shooting for. I've lost, uh, I have to do the math here in a minute, but I've, I've lost near 70 pounds, I believe. So that's over the last year, and that's because I'm just watching what I'm eating now. I'm not eating a bunch of junk like I used to eat. I still, I still eat things that probably aren't the best things for me. However, I don't eat as much of them as I used to. For instance, tonight, for dinner, I've already told my wife I want one of those new Sonic patty melts. I'm going to get one of them. I had one last week. Really liked it. However, one thing they don't take tell you, Zach, they put mustard on it. It comes with mustard on it. So I, I want it again, but I don't want it with the mustard because they were good. It was really good. We get that with the onion rings and uh, some uh, some ranch to dip them in. And that's what my dinner will be tonight. For lunch today, I had tomato soup and a grilled cheese sandwich. That's my all-time favorite lunch. Anyway, we'll take a break. Let's get a break, and when we come back, let's talk about Adam Schiff, who said that the evidence against the president was overwhelming. 
ironclad, shut the door, put him in jail. But then when they asked him, well, when do you want to get the impeachment going? It was like, ah, oh, well, 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 blah, 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 blah. He sounded like he was tied up to the pier, you know, motor boat, but, 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 but that's the way he sounded. Because it's not ironclad. It's not, you know, open, shut case. It's all circumstantial BS. We'll come back and talk about it. We got, uh, well, we got 18 minutes, 19 minutes after two. It's the Dave Ellswick Show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, so we've got a little bit of time here. Not a whole lot, but a little bit of time. And let me uh, let you know that Robert Steinbach will join us at about 2.35. And uh, we're going to spend some time talking about the impeachment proceedings because they seem to be over. You know, they may or they may not. I mean, it's not like they voted to do all of this stuff for the most part. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see if Schiff wants to keep going or or if uh, Nancy Pelosi looks at him the same way everybody else does as a as a nut job. And they're saying, yeah, you know, we're going to we're going to stop it here. Well, over the weekend, uh, Schiff on several of the talking head shows said that the case against Trump was ironclad. It was a done deal, you know. It was completely complete, so to speak. Uh, Despite claiming to have an ironclad case, though, against President Trump, House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff refused to say if the commander-in-chief will be impeached. When he was asked that question point blank during a Sunday television interview. Uh, Let me just let you hear it. I've got the sound. All right. Let's start off with the evidence is overwhelming against the president. Here's cut number three. Those are the three moments then in your view that are most important. Um, Is there no you have no more public testimony scheduled that we know of. Uh, Your committee has begun running the report. So is is that it? Are there going to be any more hearings, any more witnesses or are you done? We don't foreclose the possibility of more depositions, more hearings. We are in the process of getting more documents all the time. So that investigative work is going to go on. What we're not prepared to do is wait months and months while the administration plays a game of rope-a-dope in an effort to try to stall. Uh, We're not willing to go down that road. And what's more, the evidence is already overwhelming. The, The remarkable thing about this, and we've done this with almost, well, literally no documentary production from the administration, is the facts are really not contested. It's really not contested what the president did. Mm -hmm. Um, What is open to question is whether members of Congress are going to do their duty. No, it's Uh, not. And whether there will be anyone like Howard Baker, anyone on the Republican side that is willing to put their country, their constitution, above the party or even the person of this president, because I don't think he really represents at least what the Republican Party used to stand for. Okay, so, Mr. Congressman, if it's so ironclad... Are you going to call the vote? Is Pelosi going to call the vote? Are they going to impeach President Trump? Cut number four. So if the facts aren't contested and your committee is writing up the report and you don't, at least as of now, have any scheduled witnesses or depositions, do you think President Trump should be impeached? I want to discuss this with my constituents and my colleagues before mm-hmm. I make a final judgment mm-hmm. on it. But but there are a couple really dance. important things we need to think about. And one is, are we prepared to say that soliciting foreign interference, conditioning official acts like 400 million in taxpayer money, White House meetings to get political favors is somehow now compatible with the office? Because if we do, 
it's basically carte blanche for this president and anyone who comes after him. But are we also prepared to say that Congress will tolerate the complete stonewalling of an impeachment inquiry or our oversight? Because if we do, it'll mean that the impeachment clause is a complete nullity. And more than that, our oversight ability is really an ability in name only. But if that's your view, and you've also said that this week's testimony, quote, goes right to the heart of the issue of bribery, and you've also said that what you've seen is, quote, far more serious than what Nixon did, explain to me how you have not come to the conclusion that the president should be impeached. I mean, it sounds like you think he should be impeached. Well, I certainly think that the evidence that's been produced um, overwhelmingly shows serious misconduct by the president. But I do want to hear uh, more from my constituents, and I want to hear more from my colleagues. This is not a decision I will be making alone. Um, But uh, at the end of the day, this is a decision about whether the the founding fathers had in mind this kind of misconduct when they gave Congress this remedy. And uh, I have to think that this is very much central to what they were concerned about. That, That is a unethical man or woman takes that office, uses it for their personal political gain, sacrifices the national security to do so. Uh, If that wasn't what the founders had in mind, it's hard to imagine what they did. All right. Have you ever heard as much BS as that? I mean, he never answered the question. Never. Here's what he said. Do you think he should be impeached? Well, I want to talk to my constituents. Why do you want to talk to the voters for Either the president committed impeachable offenses or he didn't. You're the guy that's going to cast that vote, not your constituents. And then he wants to talk to his other colleagues. What do you, get, what do you need to see? This is the whole thing is he hasn't. It's not an ironclad case. He knows that it isn't. There are no facts. There's a ton of hearsay stuff, but there are no facts. The facts are the witnesses that came forward never heard the president uh, do anything that could be considered bribery. He never asked for a quid pro quo. Uh, The one witness that was there that was with the president, talked to the president, uh, you know, discussed this with the president. Never heard the president want a quid pro quo either. In fact, the president says, I don't want anything. I don't want a quid quid quo, uh, uh, you know, quo pro. I don't want any of that. I I want uh, the the president of the Ukraine to do what he's supposed to do. I would call that in parlance of college basketball a uh, tomahawk flush, okay, of... No facts, period. I got more to talk about it. Robert uh, Steinbach will be joining with me here after the news. We got to talk about this because Shift is just a piece of crap as far as I, I can. Yeah, he's a POC. That's exactly right. All right, let's let me get back now. Let's let's get the rest of this story out there for you dealing with the uh, impeachment. Uh, Hot Air had a great story. Uh, over the weekend from Taylor Millard. Uh, He says, we may have to wait a bit for another edition of Ukraine Theater on Capitol Hill. 
California Congressman Adam Schiff told CNN, State of the Union, this uh, morning, that was on Sunday, and that uh, I just played a couple of cuts from. He saw no reason to call in more witnesses to publicly testify before the House Intelligence Committee on any possible quid pro quo involving involving President Trump and Ukraine. His reason? Well, there's plenty of evidence, and he's not interested in playing a game of stall tactics with the White House. Now, see, this is the thing that's interesting about Shift. He can look at the camera and lie and say there's plenty of, you know, inf- information here. There's all kinds of evidence. There's not a shred of evidence. Everything is to the contrary. Everything is to the contrary. Quote, what we're not prepared to do is wait months and months while the administration plays a game of rope-a-dope in an effort to try to stall. We're not willing to go down that road. Hey, Shift, remember this. It was the president that pushed all his chips in the middle of the table and said, let's do this. And it's you guys that have been tap dancing and calling people forth without any kind of credible testimony. All they're saying is, well, I thought I may have heard it this way or I might have thought I heard it that way. And even the guy who supposedly heard it firsthand never heard bribery, never heard quid pro quo, never heard squat. Schiff declared while promising the committee was getting evidence regularly. Not sharing it with the American public, that's for sure. Quote, and what's more, the evidence is already overwhelmingly uh, against the president. The remarkable thing about this, and we have done this with almost, well, literally no documentary production from the administration, is the facts are really not contested. This guy is on He's on acid. I mean, seriously. He's on acid. It's really not contested what the president did. Okay. Schiff did dodge a question from Jake Tapper on whether he believed Trump should be impeached, instead saving, uh, saying that he'd leave it up to my constituents and I want to hear more from my colleagues. Schiff says he believes the president conducted serious misconduct. Serious misconduct and impeachable offense. They don't spell the same. You don't pronounce them the same. Just saying. This is the politician's way of playing both sides of an issue. Express concern about the behavior of Trump while also noting he wanted to make sure everything is tied up with a nice bow before taking a stance. It seems the only politician with uh, any sort of semblance of a backbone is independent Michigan Congressman Justin Amash. It's interesting, Schiff stated the House won't play rope-a-dope with the White House because he's already dealing with questions on the length of the inquiry. He was pressed by Chuck uh, Todd on NBC's Meet the Press why there wasn't a plan for more public hearings. Here's Todd's question. I want to put, I mean, you have all these open leads. It just seems odd that you're stopping. Shift. Well, we're not. Todd, I mean, look at all these open leads. Shift. Yes, Chuck. It's Chuck Todd. You have Bolton. You have the energy deal. The shift. It's important to know we're not stopping. But it's also important to know this, Chuck, and you've acknowledged this, and I find this remarkable. The evidence is already overwhelming, right? 
The evidence is already overwhelming. The question is not, Todd, but you're not in a courtroom. You know that. Shift, well, Todd, you have a political bar you have to meet. I would say you have a law bar that you have to meet before you meet the political bar. Schiff ended up admitting to the political bar, but turned towards Republicans by rhetorically asking why they weren't more gung-ho to get rid of Trump. The failure to get a more complete answer could lend credence to the theory that Al Pundit analyzed earlier that Democrats are cooling a bit on impeachment. That was something I was reading about over the weekend. I don't know if you saw it or not, Zach, that the uh, you know, shift, and I've got, some inform- I've got some audio about this, talked about how the American public, it was growing overwhelmingly in their favor of they wanted the impeachment, when in fact that is a flat-out lie. Independents have, have shown a reticence of not wanting to see anything happen to, to President Trump. It's still, you know, if you want to, you want somebody who is really for it, go talk to a Democrat because they hate Trump. Still likely there are enough votes in Congress to impeach the president. However, it might be closer than the overwhelming majority the pundits on social media are wanting to believe. Another question Schiff seemed hesitant to ask answer was whether former National Security Advisor John Bolton would end up testifying before Congress. Shift. Now, remember, when you listen to Shift talk, it's like, remember when you were a kid, some of you, and we used to play with mercury? You know, we'd play with mercury. Uh, it's a toxic chemical, but as kids, we didn't know that when we were kids. We'd put dimes in it and make them look real shiny, and you could sit and put it on a, you put it down on a, the desk, and you put your finger on it, and it would scatter into a million parts. Now, it would go back all together again. But it would scatter all over. You could never, you never could pin it down. That's why shift is when he answers a question. Quote, we have certainly been in touch with his lawyer, shift claimed, while intimating Bolton wanted some sort of book deal to tell his side of the story. And what we have been informed by his lawyer, because we invited him to come in, and he did not choose to come in and testify, notwithstanding the fact that his deputy, Uh, Fiona Hill and his other deputy, Colonel Vindman, and Tim Morrison and others in the National Security Council have shown the courage to come in is if we subpoena him, they will sue us and see us in court. Doesn't sound like Bolton wants to come in and testify, does it? Bolton could always end up before the Senate in Trump's trial, but the country is nowhere near that just yet. What Bolton could reveal would be interesting, but Schiff has already opined there's enough evidence against Trump on Ukraine. It appears unlikely Bolton will ever show up before Schiff to talk of what uh, he may or may not know despite his teasing out on Twitter. One hypothesis is Bolton won't talk because he isn't interested in seeing the power of the presidency wane. Not testifying could also put Bolton in a position to gain a role in whatever Republican administration comes after Trump, whether it be in 2024 or later. Still curious, Democrats are not planning more public hearings on Ukraine and possible Trump impeachment. Schiff and Pelosi may believe it best to keep the specter impeachment in the background so that Democrats running for the president in 2020 can talk about the issues 
that does carry a risk, especially if it turns into another Benghazi or Iraq war investigation where nothing ended up happening but long-winded political committee reports. Thought that was a, a great story that was written. Let me give you some other information, then i got to get a break in. Kevin McConnelly uh, uh, tweeted out a story this weekend. Not a story, but some facts. And you hear Kevin's show on the weekends here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Here you go. Quote, let's face it. Only about 3% of the American people spent time watching the proceedings of the impeachment hearings. Compare that to the near 30% of the American people who turned in and uh, tuned their television to view the Clinton impeachment proceedings, and you already understand something very important, and that is that the American people just don't give a damn. That's what it comes down to. Meanwhile, Schiff, often accused of not taking the process seriously, said of being called to testify uh, before uh, the Senate, if the Senate wants to call me as a witness, then they pretty much made the decision not to take this process seriously. And then last but not least, uh, the American people have not grown in interest about seeing this president be impeached. That is a flat-out lie from Congressman Adam Schiff. But, man, let me tell you what. Let me, t- let's, uh, let me give you the one clear, bright-eyed fact that you can know about Adam Schiff. If his lips are moving, he's lying. So break. Robert Steinbach coming in here in a few moments here on the Dave Ellswick Show, right here on uh, your really conservative radio station, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Where is Spire from, Congressman Spire? Do you remember? Just off the top of my head, I can't, and I'm, I'm going to talk about him. And if I'm going to talk about him, I'd like to be able to say from what state of the union they in they put this guy in uh, where is he inspire congressman let me see get him here and eat him we're on I think. yeah I know we're on I'm sitting here just looking okay congressman Spire is U.S. representative she is Jackie Spire is um, where are they saying she's from good grief 14, San Francisco. She's an American policy who currently serves as a U.S. representative for California's 14th congressional district. Well, no wonder. she's. She went to the University of California, Davis. University of California. Unbelievable. She's she's hardcore leftist, is what I'm trying to say. Anyway, anyway. Hey, uh, Zach, on the uh, the sound that we get from Sun Network, uh, can you pull up cut number two, which is Congresswoman Spire and what she said about the impeachment hearings? It's the second one for, for, on the list today. I, I don't know how I missed this one. I got to play this because I hear these people talk sometimes. I'm like, 
I'm like, what? Where? How did you? How do you? Where are you getting these quote facts from? All right, you got it. Yep, it's just about got just about got it. Hold on, we got to. I got to play this because this is woman is drinking from the same Kool Aid shift is. She's completely delusional. I mean, really. And you were listening. You said when you heard what Schiff said over the weekend, did he not sound like somebody that was just strung out on LSD or something? You know, the interesting thing when I hear Schiff talk, it's I've never heard someone so monotone. <laughs> He's like a robot. Yeah. Uh, maybe that appears to a, some Maybe folks. he had a lumbotomy. Yeah, natural one. Yeah, that, right. That may have been it. Anyway, a natural born lobotomy. Check check out Congresswoman Spire. Listen to this. Certainly, from the closing statement by Adam Schiff on Thursday, it left very little doubt that, as chair of the committee, based on what he's heard, what you've all heard, that you're moving towards drafting a report, turning it over to the Judiciary Committee, and presumably moving toward an impeachment vote. So after 30 hours and 12 witnesses, a number of whom were Republican witnesses, the overwhelming evidence, a mountain of evidence, shows that there was a bribe by the president trying to uh, get from Mr. Zelensky an investigation that would benefit his campaign. You know, the, com- the Constitution is very clear about uh, impeachment. It's treason, bribery, or high crimes and misdemeanors. It was specifically meant to deal with a president who was placing his personal interests in front of the country's interests. And that certainly appears to be what the president's doing. Furthermore, uh, there have been all these individuals within his administration that have been subpoenaed. There have been documents from his administration that have been subpoenaed. He has basically defied all of them and told all of his higher-ups to defy them as well. So again, we have obstruction of Congress. If you have nothing to hide, why are you preventing people from testifying to Congress? How about, because you guys are a bunch of whack nuts. It's even more than that, Dave, right? Let's let's be clear. They want to, the, the Dems, want to avoid due process as well as any privileges that might apply Uh, Because they want to railroad the president. And so if you exercise any right, if you object, if you say that person can't testify because that's executive privilege. Oh, well, that's obstruction of justice. Well, no, it's a legal doctrine known as executive privilege. You can challenge it in court and the court might rule in your favor. They did so regarding Nixon. Nixon uh, interposed some privileges, and the court said no. So you're perfectly entitled to say no uh, and seek a judicial intervention. What is not legitimate is to say that when the president says, I'm not going to violate a privilege that I believe applies, instead of going to that third-party arbiter, a court, to make that decision yourself. So, in effect, you are both prosecutor and judge. That's what Schiff and the Democrats would have you believe. It's more expedient. The communists did it. The Nazis did it. All totalitarian governments do it. That is, they make the accusation and the decision at the same time. It's just not due process. And then you hear people like Schiff on the uh, 
TV this past weekend. I got to tell you, I didn't throw up a little in my mouth. I threw up a lot in my <laughs> I mouth. I know. I'm with you. <clears throat> so he's on TV, and they said, well, the president's done this and this and this, and it is a travesty of justice. Um, are you going to impeach him? Haven't decided yet. That's Wait, right. what? I got to talk. Wait, what? I got to talk to my constituents. Yeah, right. Did you hear that? It's not up to your constituents. It's not up to your constituents. I got to talk to my constituents. I got to decide what will get me more votes. And if this is going to get me votes, I'm going to do it. But if it's not going to get me votes, I'm not going to. Wait, what? Yeah. You know, the determination, he walks around all the time saying, I'm going to determine whether this behavior violated the Constitution. Since when are your constituents going to inform you on that, you liar? Yeah. Absolutely. I want to play the beginning of that last cut again. I, there's a, a specific, and then I'll, I'll tell you to stop. Uh, Zach, go ahead. Certainly from the closing statement by Adam Schiff on Thursday, it left very little doubt that as chair of the committee, based on what he's heard, what you've all heard, that you're moving towards drafting a report, turning it over to the Judiciary Committee, and presumably moving toward an impeachment vote. So after 30 hours and 12 witnesses, a number of whom were Republican witnesses, the overwhelming evidence, a mountain of evidence, Stop. shows... The overwhelming evidence, the mountain of evidence, and she mentions bribery next. Vindman, Morrison... I can't remember the lady's name. It might have been Hill. Yeah. It may have been Hill. They were asked directly, and so was, um, what's his name, Sondelman or whatever, the, the so, last guy? Close. They, that, Sondland, yeah. Sondland. They all asked, they were asked directly, mm-hmm. did you ever hear the president say, issue a bribe? Right. The answer was No. You know so what? where's the evidence? Well, there's two there's two issues here, Dave, and you've hit on both of them. One is the definition of bribery. We've talked about that on your show before. I'm going to repeat it in a moment. And the other thing is why Sondman or whatever the name is, it's Sondelman, whatever, whatever it is. Sondland. Sondland, thank uh. you. Um, got so ahead of his uh, – uh, over his skis on that, meaning if they would ask him and did ask him, do you think that the president's intention was such and such – he could easily say yes, even though the president didn't say any of that. And the responsible would the president say, no, but you asked me what I thought. This is what I thought. But he came out of the gate saying everybody understood, even though the president didn't say it, that this was the outcome and this is what we understood. And he got cross-examined on that. And, and to some extent, he got brought back down a peg for what could have been a perfectly perfectly reasonable position his position could have been i thought the following that's just what i thought i could be wrong i could be right but instead he lays it out so thick i don't know why i really don't know why and how did the other people that had come forth that heard it second daily or third where did they get their information? Him. Right, right from him. Him. It all go, he's, he's typhoid Mary. He's okay. Typhoid. I'm just telling you. Okay. He's, he's patient zero. Right. We'll be back with more yep. here on the Dave Ellswick Show.
Come back, talk more about this impeachment thing. But uh, I'm sitting here talking to Robert during the break. I look up and somebody's banging on the window into the studio, and it's the uh, insurance commissioner. And uh, Alan Kerr is sitting in the studio with us right now. I want to play a cut from uh, Barry. Uh, I said Barry. I was going to say Barry Sanders. I'm thinking of running backs right now, Bernie Sanders, and uh, what he had to say about Bloomberg. This is about 34 seconds long, and then I want to get your guys' uh, um, idea about this. So play Bernie. Mr. Bloomberg, to the best of my knowledge, has very little grassroots support. But he has decided, because he's worth $55 billion, that he can run for President of the United States and spend more money on TV ads, I suspect, than any candidate in the history of the United States. So what our job is, is to fight for democracy. Democracy means that billionaires cannot buy elections. Democracy means we move to public funding of elections. All right. We do public funding of elections. We don't let people spend their own money on trying to get elected. You can't, you can't do it. So... You know, we believe in it's not democracy if you use your own money, evidently. Your microphone's hot. Yeah. What do you think? Microphone's always hot. What do you, yeah. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think about Bloomberg's going to come in and he's he's saying he's going to do a $30 million ad buy uh, as he enters into the, the Democrats' primary. And a lot of Democrats are not happy. Well, that's. Uh that's that's their party's fault, isn't it? I mean, that seems so. Yeah, that, it's that's that's something that they're going to have to discuss with that with him. But um, you know, he's not a senator at the moment, and a lot of the senators that are running are are uh, going to have problems if that impeachment comes across. So yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. Why are they going to have problems? Well, as I understand it, I, I may have to look here to the expert over here, but as I understand it, um, those senators have to come off the campaign trail and, and deal with that, do they not? If the Senate tries it, they do. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. So uh, now Bloomberg's going to be out here running his $30 million cam- uh, ad buy and running for the Democratic nomination, and they're stuck um, deliberating. And it's not like that money is falling from heaven for these guys. No, no. They're having trouble. Well, that's part of Bernie's complaint. My Bernie's complaint is, I've raised all this money, uh, but now this guy's going to get to use his own money. How dare he spend his (laughs) own money however he sees fit, consistent with the First Amendment? That's just crazy. That's crazy. Says Bernie. (laughs) Here's what I'm going to do. Says and the Ard, Don, the Aardvark. Yeah. Didn't Donald icon. Trump do the very same thing? Yes. He did. He did. Yeah. Although the irony is that uh, Hillary spent far more money than Donald Trump. And so when the Dems complain, well, you know, the Republicans, they want to buy election. No. She tried to buy the election, right. but she, she couldn't give it away. That's the problem. <laughs> Nobody was buying it. Nobody wanted her, and she failed. And this... 
you know, you watch the Democratic debate. I watched part of it, uh, the last one that was just on last week, I think. I literally, Dave, had to have the remote in my hand to switch back and forth. I could, you know, it's like drinking bad medicine. Oh, you can only take so much. I got to change. I got to change the channel. And I would switch off and then come back and watch another two minutes of, of K- Kamala pulling her hair out or um, uh, Warren wagging her finger yeah. at you yeah. or Pete telling you how he's been uh, discriminated against by becoming a senior uh, officer or an officer in the military and then getting elected. Wait, that doesn't sound like discrimination. In any event, uh, you know, uh, all of the, it's the grievance culture. You watch them and all of it, oh, let me tell you, I got a bigger grievance than you, you know. Well, but a spoonful of sugar makes the politics go down. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> okay, so Joe Biden over the weekend made a statement about executive orders. I want to play this for you. This is cut number 12. And, and this is so – I'll just tell you why I think it's so funny because yeah. this is how Obama did his presidency. Remember right. he said, I've got a cell phone and a pen? Right. All right, here's cut 12. Do you think the party's turned too far left? Look, because the former president. I don't. I don't think the party has. I think some of the candidates. Well, this is what the uh, Barack Obama, your former boss, said that um, the system doesn't need to be torn down. It needs no. to be. People want it built up. They want to build up. The idea. Look, this all this stuff about we're going to tear it. Thank you, man. The fa- <laughs> the fact that uh, we talk about this. The, the part I love when Kansas say, and by the way, by executive order, I'm going to do this. I have the power to do 90% of this stuff by executive order. Right. All right. How, how much of Obama's uh, administration was done by you know, it's executive actually, order? It's actually an interesting question because early on, Obama obeyed the law. And he said, I can't do things by executive order as much as I would like to. He actually understood what the Constitution said in that regard for a short time. And then the liberal left for wing. For a short term time. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. And they, and they kept talked pushing. him into it. That's right. They talked, that's exactly yeah. what they did. That's exactly what they yeah. did. Yeah, he relented and they talked him into it. And he decided that, uh, you know what? I'm so frustrated with uh, getting things through through regular channels. I'm just going to go ahead and do this myself. That's exactly right. Yeah. Now, I'll never forget when he said, I've got a cell phone and a pen. Right. Yeah, but by the way, so do I. Yeah. And I have an equal authority to rewrite law. None. <laughs> he thought he did. Exactly. He thought he did, and he did. That's why I think it's funny that Joe Biden brought it up. Yeah. As though, well, Barack didn't do that. Of course, yeah. he said, I'd go back to Barack Obama and run, you know, run with him right. in a heartbeat. I, I, as long as I don't have to be up out, out front. <laughs> yeah. As long as I don't have to talk. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. How about uh, Shift saying these two words when they asked him about should they impeach the president? He said he had to go back and talk to his constituents and then talk further with his colleagues. What does that tell you? Means he can't make a decision? (laughs) That's exactly right. That's exactly right. It's clear. I mean, what do your constituents have to do with impeachment? It's a const- it's a constitutional thing, right? I I just and it, and the American people sit and listen to this guy and give him you know credibility. I don't get that. No, either. Did you see at the sort of the afternoon break? Uh, Schiff said he needs to check with his constituents whether he can use the toilet. <laughs> did, you, did you catch that? Did, well, maybe that wasn't on air. I, I didn't. I don't yeah. think. It, I think his mic was off. It was the mic moment. off. Okay. Yeah, I think that was off at that moment. Dan Bongino. 
says the Democrats are the ones that should be worried. Let me play cut number one for you. See if you guys agree somewhat with what you know who Dan Bongino is. All right. So here's Dan Bongino. You need to get in your paperback version when it's released the Ukraine insert. Does this fit the same protocol from what you know right now as the Russia and the Mueller report? You know, it's funny, Brian. I had a great source and in my book, Exonerated. Thank you. For, I already had the Ukraine stuff. Matter of fact, we had a long debate whether to put it in because we weren't sure it was going to break. You know, I was in your green room telling someone else who was a guest about a year ago that Ukraine was going to be the next big thing. Um, and I knew that for a couple of reasons. Uh, it's the reason the whole Spygate hoax and the Ukraine impeachment fake whistleblower hoax are really essentially the same scandal, Brian. And it's no more difficult than this. The same sources that the Democrats used in conjunction with Fusion GPS to obtain spying warrants to spy on Donald Trump were Ukrainian. Uh, none of this is difficult to figure out. It's on the record testimony from Fusion GPS personnel like Nellie Orr. And it's pretty clear the Democrats are trying to hide what they did in Spygate. And now through the fake whistleblower gate are trying to hide what they did in conjunction with Ukrainian uh, people and other foreign nationals to spy on Donald Trump. It, Brian, it's no more complicated than that. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to sweep it all under the rug by counter-accusing Donald Trump. That's what we talk about all the time, Robert. And, yeah. and Alan, you've heard me say this. It's yep. projection. Yeah. The Democrats project everything that they're doing on the other side. Well, yeah. it's the same thing magicians do. It's you, you, you make a lot of noise over here so you don't see what his hands are doing in secret. So Yeah, that's exactly right. And here's the thing. What I hear these people, they say, well, first of all, the term conspiracy theory has now become adopted for any theory you don't like. I mean, it, it, it can be a theory that's wrong, but they don't say, well, that's a wrong theory. That's a wrong. They say, that's a conspiracy theory. Conspiracy amongst whom is my question, right? The, well, conspiracy Who theory. Are the conspirators? Right, exactly. <laughs> right, the conspiracy theory used to be JFK was killed by the mafia and the CIA and the Soviets all working. You see, that's a conspiracy theory because there's three disparate players. Well, if, but, but if JFK could actually have brought all those three people together right. to work on one, one, on one direction, Indeed. that exactly. would be pretty good. It would be pretty impressive, <laughs> exactly. Um, but if you just said that Martians killed JFK, it wouldn't be conspiracy theory. It would just be a cuckoo theory. So you can have a bad theory and it not be a conspiracy theory. That's the first problem with these. They, they have these terms that are meaningless. And then they say, well, you see, yeah, the president, he's all wrong about Ukraine. It's a conspiracy theory. Here's the thing. He's I don't know if he's wrong or, or, or right. I, I do know that the Russians, uh, based on what I've heard in the press, I haven't been involved, uh, um, that the Russians were involved in the last election in trying to spread, quote, disinformation, yeah, meaning falsehoods. I love the term disinformation. Lies, right? So, sure, of course, by the way, that's called politics. Um, I just want to point that part out. Uh, it happens every day. I'm not forgiving them. I'm just saying it's, oh, what a, what a surprise. They wanted to uh, support their uh, um, uh, falsehoods. So they're spreading this information. And the question is, uh, the, did, did the Ukrainians, and they say, well, that's not true. Okay. Okay. Meaning the president's allowed to be wrong 
on his belief as to the facts, and that there's nothing impeachable about that. Right. So take for granted what they say. President's wrong about what Ukraine did. Okay. But here's what the Ukrainians did do, and what likely is at least in part uh, motivating Trump is Trump was definitely uh, sort of sidling up to the Russians in the 2016 election. He said, I want to be more friendly with the Russians. That's a perfectly plausible political position to take. But the Ukrainians don't like that. Right. And so the Ukrainians were actively and openly opposed to Trump because they thought he would be too helpful. Who were they, who were they trying to help? We know. Hillary, yeah, clearly. Yeah, exactly right. So the notion, wait a second. So therefore Trump is now angry with Ukrainians because they were backing his opponent? Of course. Like, why is that a surprise to anybody? The <laughs> Ukrainians never thought that Trump would do what he did, which was back the Ukrainians with military weaponry. So it turns out that Trump is better off with Ukrainians than Obama and his progeny would have ever been. But they got it wrong, the Ukrainians, and they backed the other horse. And Trump doesn't like it, and I don't blame him. There it is in a nutshell. He's good, huh? I, I'm going to go to law school just just so I can <laughs> just to watch this. Just watching this guy. I love his energy. It's just, it's incredible. I'm drinking my uh, my well, caffeinated you got, beverage. Yeah, right? you got your go juice sitting up <laughs> exactly. there. Before I let you escape, <laughs> yeah, I can run. Let yeah. me ask real quickly: How are things going in your office? Uh, everything's going great in the insurance office, insurance department. Um, everything's uh, moving right along. We're uh, like I said before, we've we've got um, um, unusual amount of rate request uh, for reductions in rates. That's good. Uh, Did you hear that, Zach? Reduction re- in rates. And auto rates and, and homeowners insurance I'm liking rates. That. They actually have to ask you to reduce the rates? They do. Wow. They have rate, yeah. Any kind of rate in filing, up or down, they have Interesting. to ask me. Interesting. And yes, I approve the You approved it, right, exactly. I approve the reductions exactly. very quickly. They had to twist your yeah. arm on yeah. that one. Yeah, so I, yeah, yeah, yeah. approved. So uh, uh, everything's going great. Um, How long have you been in that office now? Uh, five years. Good coming for up, you. Coming up on five good years. Good for you. I'm hoping it's good for me. Ah! We'll, we'll find out. You were yeah. in the legislature for what, three, four terms? I was in there for three terms. Three yes, terms, three, yeah. Six years. Good for yeah. you. And good worked hard, let me tell yeah. you. I'm sure. I can tell you, he worked where, hard. Where were you fun. out of? Uh, uh, West Little Rock. West Little Rock, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. You're local. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was. Uh, Who has the seat that you held? Um, Jim Cervello. Cervello, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jim Cervello. Yeah. 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 Which is a Republican. <clears throat> yeah. Republican. Yeah, it's yeah. a Republican seat. So, yeah. but everything's going great. Um, we're, uh, we're, you know, kind of winding down for the end of the year, getting geared up for the first of the year, sure. kind of doing it simultaneously, yeah. you know, how it goes. So, um, but it uh, looks like uh, next year is going to be a really good year. Okay. Now, Ryan James, is it still every Tuesday is Taco Tuesday? Well, not every Tuesday is Taco Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what we call our fundraiser. Oh, but, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but for Ryan, it may be every Tuesday is Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan eats tacos on the weekends, too. Well, I mean, that's good. Tacos is, is a good food. That's mm-hmm. like a, he, a fifth area food. Yeah. That's right. It's, it's, makes, on, the yeah. it's, it's, it's on the pyramid. It's second it's from the top. Yeah. Fourth meal. That's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that. Well, we'll let you get out of here. Right. You were just stopping by. I know to, to get some stuff done here. It's great to yeah. see. We you. appreciate you coming by and sitting in and just uh, knocking around some political ideas. Absolutely. Thank you All very right. much, Good Alan. To see you guys again. See Don't you be later. a stranger. Love your energy, Ryan. Thank All you, right. my friend. Thanks a lot, Alan Kerr. Of course, the insurance commissioner here in the state of Arkansas here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Well, we're lucky to have uh, someone like Alan in that position. Well, we really he's are. He's a smart you know, guy. Right. Look, he was on and the quorum court. Right. He went from the quorum court. He ran for. Uh, State, state legislature, rep, right? You know, and did his thing there, right. and then they came to him, asked him if he. Uh, I think there's some reasons they asked him to.
be insurance commissioner because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they didn't want him maybe to run for a higher office. Mm-hmm. But I think that perhaps take the good man out that, by bringing him that's in. That's exactly right. <laughs> I he's, love it. He's a brilliant guy. Right, he right. really, really is. That's I great. Have a lot of respect for him. I've been good friends with him for years, and mm-hmm. he's done really, really good stuff. You, you knew him when he was in the legislature, right? I knew him when he was in court. In the court. court. Yeah. Wow. wow, wow, wow. I've known him. For a long time. That's great. Good man. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. Yeah. We'll come back. We'll talk further here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Phone number is 823-0965. You want to get involved in the uh, conversation. I've got more stuff. What a big surprise. I've got more stuff for you to hear here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Robert Steinbach with me as well. 25 minutes after 3. Alan Kerr had to get on his way, the insurance commissioner. That's always good news to hear, and the last thing that he tells you is that home insurance and car insurance rates are going to go down yeah, here in the state. Nice. That's very, very nice. good. And they've done a pretty good job, I believe, uh, Alan has done. I won't even say pretty good. He's done a damn good job of uh, keeping uh, health care rates down. And uh, not saying they didn't go up, but they sure didn't go up like they did in other states. He's a smart guy, and he does a lot of very proactive things to get things uh, and, and keep and keep ahead of the power curve, so to speak. But it was good to have him here and give us those great uh, pieces of information. By the way, I'm looking up at the monitor, and stocks continue to rally despite the uncertainty over uh, the trade agreement with Mexico and Canada. And that is only one party's fault, the Democrats. And uh, the impeachment probe that's going on, I think it shows that businesses see the impeachment probe, and I'm going to use a term that you hate, a nothing burger. Ugh. There is nothing there. <laughs> right. It's like the Big Mac, or not Big Mac, but the, the Whopper without any beef. Mm-hmm. There's nothing there, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just so you know. And uh, I, it's not affecting them, but they're up 190 points today on the stock and we're over 28,000. That's amazing. That's great. It's good. Why would you vote against that? Why would you even think of voting against that? Why would you think, unless you're some schmo out there that's not trying to do anything with your life, and you're, you're hoping that the government is going to take care of you for the rest of your existence, you know, from the womb to the tomb, as we talked about several years back, and so, you know, you want free health care, you want free housing, and you want free college, you want free everything. Well, that's what— and you want everybody you know, else to pay for uh, your, your Elizabeth things. Says, well, uh, uh, we want the, the billionaires or millionaires, whichever one it is, I think millionaires, to pay more, and they want a wealth tax. Now, remember, folks, what that means, that it's not money you earn. It's money you have. So last year you earned a hundred dollars, or let's talk their numbers because I don't want to give the wrong impression. You earned a hundred million dollars last year, and on that, you paid whatever income taxes you're supposed to pay, which whatever was that, considerable. Yeah, whatever that number is. Then this year, let's say you earn nothing, you put the the money in your mattress, so there's no interest, nothing. They say, oh, you know that money that you've already paid the taxes on, part of it, we want it back. By the way, not back because it was never theirs, but we want it. We want more of it. Wait, you say, no, no, you must. I miss you. You wait. What? No, you got the taxes last year. No, 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 not income taxes. We want 
wealth taxes. Mm-hmm. Whatever's left over, at some point, we want to start taking some of it. So when she says, well, we just want them to chip in, what, they didn't pay income taxes? Now, if you have a beef that there are too many deductions for the rich, that's that's something you can have a discussion about. That's a congressional thing. Right. Uh, well, that uh, president has to be involved, too, of sure. course, right? But, uh, and I agree with that in, in some respects, meaning I think, for example, this notion that capital gains is taxed largely differently than income. I could, I could see some slight argument for a tiny, tiny difference, but to the point that it's not worth discussing. But the notion that capital gains as a general matter should be taxed differently than income under the false claim that it's already tax money. It is not. That is a mantra by the corporatists who've been able to sell that story, and it's been falsely adopted uh, by, the, by the conservatives. All right. We've got five seconds to get us into the news. Let's do that. You get 60 seconds of what's happening in the world. All right. Another story that has got a lot of people talking right now uh, is the president ousting the Navy secretary uh, because the president said lay off the Navy SEAL that uh, was court-martialed. He was found guilty of having his picture taken with a, a dead insurgent. That's he right. was found not guilty of everything else. Of everything else. That's exactly right. And so they were going to like take away his rank. They were going to take away his trident. They, I mean, which is a designation that he's in the seals. Seals, yeah, right. Navy Seal. And it was just crazy. And the president said, "No, no, no, no. You don't no. need to do all that." Right. And he told the Navy, he told the Secretary of Navy not to do it. And Secretary of Navy went ahead. Uh, uh, started the process. Yeah. That's right. That's and here's exactly what right. happens when we do. It. Let me take you back to world. Uh, let me take you back to the Korean War. Right. Uh, MacArthur, who was a huge, huge. Just think biggest rock star military person, like kind of like Petraeus was, all right, uh, but bigger. And because he had, you know, taken back the Philippines and all of that stuff, was over there directing the war in Korea. And he was going to go across the what we now know as uh, uh, the parallel and into North Korea and take on the Chinese, and said, you know what, if we have to, we'll nuke them, basically what he said. Now, he said all of that without talking to the President of the United States uh, at that moment, and the President of the United States said, "Uh, excuse me, General, but no, we're not. Right. And he said, well, yeah, we are. And he said, well, why don't you come on back to the United yeah, come States? come for a visit. And he relieved him of That's his right. command. That's right. This was MacArthur. That's right. All right? You you don't, if you're the number two guy, you don't tell the number one guy what you, what you got to do. Well, so that's even, what happened with this Navy guy. That's exactly right. Now, by the way, I have no idea what this Navy guy did or didn't do. Uh, and he's accused of some really heinous stuff. But he was acquitted. And last time I checked in our system, if you're acquitted, that's it. You didn't, you, in the eyes of the law, you didn't do it. And this Navy secretary, I tweeted about this, you know, uh, my, my five followers on, uh, I'm at, uh, at Rob Steinbuck <laughs> on Twitter. My five followers have heard this comment already. Uh, they, so 
what happens so typical with these bureaucrats, and don't get me wrong, the Secretary of the Navy can be as big a bureaucrat as any other bureaucrat. Uh, they decide that they want a particular outcome, and then they got to go to trial and have a third party decide it. And guess what? They didn't get what they wanted. They didn't convict this guy of any serious charges. No. Nothing. The one charge of taking a picture. Uh, and, and, and They had that. I mean, right, he did. But, but not only that, why did they charge him and not the others? Because he was a senior man and he should have shown a better uh, modeling of behavior, yes. they said. All right. Uh, I'm not against it, but it's it's the traffic. It's thin. It's the traffic ticket equivalent. I'm yes. sorry. Oh, how could you say it's a traffic ticket? There was a dead body. Yeah, a dead body amongst, in war. Yeah, guess what? Those happen. So, um, they, but they convicted him of it. And the penalty was a one-rank demotion. And Trump uh, didn't, by the way, didn't pardon it. No. Didn't pardon it. But Trump was far from... Uh, overly uh, invasive in what he did. He just said he's convicted, he's going to maintain his same rank, and he's already retiring. Just let him retire. Okay, AP. Yeah. All right. Story today. Yeah. Last week, Trump had tweeted that he wanted Gallagher to be allowed to retire as a SEAL. But Esper, that's the Secretary of Defense. Right. Comments today revealed that Trump had given the defense secretary a direct order to make this happen. Now, remember, Gallagher was acquitted of murder in the stabbing death of Islamic State militant captive, but convicted of posing with the corpse. In his remarks, Esper also made the extraordinary accusation that Navy Secretary Richard Spencer last week had secretly offered to the White House to rig the Navy disciplinary process to ensure that Gallagher not lose his trident. He didn't say how. Quote, no, I asked and I never got an answer, Esper said. So Esper fired Spencer on Sunday, saying he had lost trust in him. Spencer has not responded to requests for comment on Esper's accusation. However, in a letter Sunday to Trump acknowledging his firing, Spencer gave a different version of his thinking. But that's yeah. neither here nor well, no, or no, there. It is the president right. gave a direct order. Right. And as I was saying, these bureaucrats don't like it when someone, A, at, at the lower level, wins in court in contravention of those bureaucrats' desires. So this guy beat the charges, the SEAL did. The Secretary of Navy doesn't like that. And then his higher up, Trump says, all right, he's got the conviction. I have not pardoned the conviction. All I've done was not reduce his rank, let him retire as is. And as a final stick in the knife in the back of this SEAL, the Navy secretary tries to take away his, this SEAL's designation as a SEAL. It's it's all um, symbolic, of course, Dave, because the guy's retiring, so he's yeah, not going to practice. Getting out. He's getting out. So it's all symbolic on both sides, meaning... Uh, the seal pro- doesn't need it, but he doesn't need to have it taken away. Uh, is the flip side of that argument? So, uh, the, just as he's on the way out the door, the Navy Secretary wants to stick the knife in the back and take away the trident that designates a seal as a seal. And the president said, "No, M- maybe I wasn't clear. The guy is retiring as is." I like how Esper put it. Esper did not say explicitly that he disagreed with Trump's order. Here's what Esper said. Right. Once Trump gave the order, 
Roger, I got it. Unquote. It, right. It's look, he's the commander in chief. For God's sakes, come on. I, I worked for a judge many years ago, uh, and it's considered a good job. Uh, typically, outside when you shortly after you get out of law school to go work for a judge because you kind of see how the system is run, right? So I'm working. I, I interview with this judge, and he says, "Well, I got a very nice letter of recommendation from your professor, but he says that." You will let me know your opinion. And I said, well, that's true, Judge. Uh, I won't be shy about sharing my opinion. And he said, well, that's fine, but you realize I'm the one that signs the final version of what goes out of these chambers. How how are you with that? I said, absolutely fine. You're the boss. I'm going to tell you what I think, and then you tell me the way it is. And that's – of course, that's how the military is made up, right? The military's people need to follow orders unless they're illegal orders. So the There notion, is a chain of command. Right. Guess who's at the very right. top? That's right. <laughs> and the, by the way, there's all these articles in the New York Times now about, well, it's this delicate balance between the military and the president, and the president doesn't infringe. Infringe? Infringe? You seem not to understand. This is a civilian-run operation. We're not a third-party military, third-party, third-rate military dictatorship. The, the, the civilians run the show. If you don't like, well, they're not the expert. Guess what? That's how it works. It worked that way under Obama, too, by the way. And it doesn't mean it's always a good decision. But it's the decision of the elected representative. Well, it's the decision of the man who's the head of the military. Right. I mean, I didn't like when they got rid of uh, Petraeus. And who was the guy that uh, Tommy um, – gosh, I can't think of the general's name now. Oh, who yes. Did, did a lot of the stuff in the war in Iraq. And, right. and then they got rid of because he made some comment about yes. the vice president. Right? Yes, so wasn't it with a, a like a Mick MC something? Yeah, I can't think of his name. It was a big. It was. Yeah, he did an interview with uh, Rolling, Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone, right? And he I'll got in yeah. all kinds of trouble, right? Um, and they got rid of him. That's right. They, 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 they just exactly. basically said you're retiring, and they said it because they said you can't undermine civilian authority. That's that exactly right, and. Th- it's the same thing when you go back and, you know, you look at uh, the president of the United States getting rid McChrystal. of... McChrystal. McChrystal. Right. There was you a, go. McChrystal. He was a great... I'm telling you, he was a hero to the men and women over in Iraq. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That man knew how to run the war to go after the, uh, you know, the uh, the insurgents yeah. and destroy them. And And by the way, when that happened, when Obama got rid of him, uh, I was concerned in terms of what would be next for our military operation there. But I didn't disagree with the notion that when a general sort of steps out in front of the civilian leadership in that way, uh, he's not going to be long for that situation. You're never more important than the man who writes and signs your check. Right, right. That's the bottom right. line. Right, All right, not saying that the president... You know, personally signs the the head. No, but the of notion the, is right. The notion is exactly he's, right. He's the man who's yeah. saying you got the and job. By the way, generals are allowed to disagree. They often disagree. Oh yeah. Uh, but that's different than coming out and uh, breaking the chain of command. Now, that's military, right? The the civilian world is a little bit different than that. Uh, but in the military, it's got to be with a chain of command and. 
I think this is part of why that Secretary of Navy was so angry with that SEAL because the SEAL went on TV and, and proclaimed his innocence, which he's entitled to do. Because now it's a now we're talking a criminal proceeding. It's a different type of event, and I think the Navy folks uh, higher ups, the bureaucrats, didn't like it that he was essentially spreading his uh, story around. Yeah, I I agree that if if any president wants to get rid of somebody, right. they have the right to get rid of somebody. Right. That's right. That's bottom line. Right. Uh, McChrystal was just said, time to retire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd like to have your uh, letter of resignation. That's how mm-hmm. they did this with the uh, Secretary of, of the Navy. They said they wanted uh, a well, letter of th- resignation, and he had it in 30 minutes. You know what I thought was interesting about that? It said that the uh, the um, Secretary of Defense uh, fired him uh, in some of the articles mm-hmm. that I had seen. And I wonder, as a technical matter, but this just might be a technicality because we all know the outcome in any event, that I don't. I think they're all Senate-appointed positions, so I don't think that uh, presidential appointment Senate confirmed. So I don't think another Senate-confirmed presidential appointee can fire uh, the same status. Uh, but, uh, of course, he would have gotten the president to do it had he objected. That happened when uh, Clinton uh, wanted to fire – well – Janet Reno was going to fire the head of the FBI, and he said, I, you can't fire me because I was appointed by the president. And she said, oh, okay. And then two hours later, the president, it was Clinton, held a press conference and fired him. So it, it may just very well be a technicality. Yeah, I think it is just yeah. a technicality. All yeah. right, let's get a break. Yeah. Final break this hour. Unbelievably how fast this hour yeah. went. We'll be back with more for you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Robert Steinbach. Remember with Robert, he is a law professor at the uh, Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone and not necessarily those of the School of Law or the University UALR. All right, back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. one oh one one FM, The Answer. The conservative talk station here in central Arkansas. Other people say they are, but they're not. Uh, and we will give you all the information dealing with, uh, you know, the state races, the local races, the national races. And we've got all kinds of stuff to play for you as well. Uh, as well. Here's a question. I mean, we're down to the last few minutes here this hour. North Texans are starting to think about purchasing their Christmas trees now. Uh, But those who sell them advise prospective buyers not to think about it too long. If you love Christmas trees, then the key is going to come to be there early so that you can get first dibs. That's according to John Patton and Patton Christmas trees, especially the people who like to get big trees because the biggest shortage are on the trees that are eight to nine feet and above. I have a fall, you know, I got a fake tree. Got tired of the needles falling out all over the place. And then you'd walk in the middle of the summer barefoot in your house and it get those needles get buried in your pile of your carpeting. And ouch, it's not fun to get stuck with those things. Those who are in the habit of buying their trees early to beat the rush should be in good shape. Originally, the grower said, sounds good, John. We'll get you your entire order. And then as we got closer to November, they all of a sudden started saying, look, we just don't have enough trees to fill everybody's order. So why is that? I mean, that, that's the first question to go through in my mind. What's, what's different about this year from all the other years? 
Patton says out-of-state growers are being tempted by faster growing, more profitable crops like hemp. hemp, There you go. Which is used to make CBD oil. Mm -hmm. Quote, because if you're a farmer, why not grow carrots or hemp or hazelnuts, which are much easier, quicker turnaround, and it's not as big of an investment. Takes years to grow a big Christmas tree. It's not easy. Patton said he takes pride in the hand-picked quality of his trees, but retail reality is that the best of the lot will go quickly. No doubt we'll sell out one of the biggest wholesalers in all of Texas. Uh, a guy by the name of Bill Clem said his order was cut by almost 30% this year. Greenbacks talk. Uh, the calendar this year may also be encouraging people to start early with tree buying and decorating as Thanksgiving starts later than normal this year. Some want to get their trees up before Thanksgiving so they have more time to uh, enjoy them. So that that's, I mean, that's the well, bottom look, line. Dave, it's basic economics. There sure. Was, there was an article in the New York Times by a professor at Columbia, no less. I, I say that to suggest some surprise, but the flip side is, as an overwhelmingly leftist organization, it doesn't surprise me that they don't understand basic economics. And this guy's bemoaning the loss of the mom-and-pop hardware store of a particular one, in fact, in Manhattan. I like mom-and-pops. I go to that – I'll go to, out to Home Depot, but it's a bit of a drive for me. And I go to this mom-and-pop right there on Cantrell, which is a nice hardware store uh, as well. And he's bemoaning. He said, well, people don't even understand their economic interest because if you go to the mom-and-pop, one, they can provide you with useful advice that you can't get from Amazon. Well, that's true, but – you can get it from YouTube. So it's not like there's not a companion for that. And then he goes, and people don't seem to understand that screws and pins and needles are cheaper at at the mom and pop than they are from Amazon. Sometimes. Well, and that's the thing. The little tiny things are cheaper because the shipping cost is – when you buy one box of screws from Amazon, a small box, they still have to ship it individually to you. But when they ship it to the hardware store, they ship a crate. So, mm-hmm. sure, screws might be cheaper, but box fans are more expensive. And the fact is that people do a pretty good job of knowing what's in their own economic interests. And Amazon is successful because many, I dare say, most of the items are cheaper and the convenience. You just sit there and it shows up at your door the next day or two days later. People pay for that convenience. They like that convenience. It's a failure to understand basic economics. And here the same thing is true that you say about the Christmas trees. Well, let me give you a good example. I typically buy all my groceries locally. Right. I buy them at one of the big box stores. Right. Kroger, people like that. Right. Yesterday... I was getting ready to start a tradition that I do every year at the uh, the family, you know, farm. Mm-hmm. I don't live on a farm, by mm-hmm. the way. Uh, bottom line is I make fruitcakes. It's a fruitcake. You, you're a fruitcake, you said? Yeah. I'm sorry, I missed it. It's a, fru- it's a, it's a fruitcake recipe from my great, great Am grandmother. Am I to say that? So yeah. Send your letters to Dave Ellsworth. The fruitcake. Attention, Zach. No, yeah. Zach's not. Okay, so... You know, I I do this fruitcake because it's not like the ones that you buy in the store. Well, Those of course. gummy yeah. pieces yeah. of crap. I think that they I sell. had. I think did I have your fruitcake? You cake? had it last yeah. year. Yeah. You have it again this year. I look forward to it. But I couldn't do it because they didn't have the old English 
peel and fruit candied, I guess is about 32 ounces, didn't have them on the, the shelf. Yeah. And so I'm asking everybody why they haven't right. been shipped yet. How yeah. come? Well, I only bought it. And they didn't have the candied, uh, they didn't have the candied uh, uh, red cherries and green cherries. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find the dates mm-hmm. that I needed. For, I can never for find the, the date. Couldn't find yeah. the dates. So Zach, nothing on that one? Here's what right. I did. You can't find a date either. Huh? Yeah, exactly. So here's what I did is I went on I went on Amazon. Right. Guess sure what? Enough, found it. They had the dates. Of course. They had the fruit. They had the cherry. That's where I get my dates on Amazon. I, <laughs> I, I, I won't let it go, Dave. I, I just went, won't let it go. Man, I, I bought it all up. It will right. be here tomorrow. That's great. And I'll make my fruit cake. That's great. Can't make them because they didn't know when they were going to get them at uh, at Kroger. Well, it's about number com- one. Right. Most of the people didn't even know what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and and, and let me be clear. Uh, I I I shop at Kroger. I was at Sam's. I got some nice steaks, by the way, at Sam's yesterday. Beautiful steaks. They I think they have a wonderful meat section over they do. at Sam's. In any event, uh, I'm not here to pitch uh, stores, but my point is, people go to stores. For items they believe that they're better off getting locally, and people buy on the internet uh, for items they think they're better off doing it that way. And I don't need some left-wing academic out of Columbia telling me that I'm too stupid to know when to order something from Amazon and when w- when to go to uh, Craftsmore. Yeah, Craftsmart here's how or I understand economics. Yeah, we're coming home today. My wife says, "Well, let's stop Craftical. at the we'll stop, start at the stop at the Walmart in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. buy our milk and right. those whipping cream yep. that you said we need." Yep. And I go, "No, no, 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 no. We'll buy it in Cabot so that the sales tax stays in Cabot." Yeah, there you go. There All right. I, I, at least if I got to pay the tax, let's right. use it to for the better local community for me. Right. And um, she says, "That's just silly." And I go, "No. If everybody does that, right. they'll have thousands of dollars more." Right. If they do Even that. though I so, think the state sucks some of that out, but that's a separate oh, I'm concern. sure it's the truth. All right, let's get a break. We'll yep. come back. Four o'clock hour, just around the corner. Uh, we'll repeat a few of the things that we did in the first hour. It's important that you hear Adam Shift. What a nut job. Uh, I'm just telling you, he's he's taking LSD therapy, and then he's going on talk shows. we got more coming your way on the Dave Ellswick Show. was on or not that's what tells me i'm like a pavlov dog mm-hmm. turn the red light on i'll start talking just it's in me i get, you like my hat beautiful uh, all the people who are watching on uh, facebook live today i got my hat from all aboard you may vince brought me one that's cool 
Now, if you ever need a, a train engine, just let me know. I got, I got. <laughs> you gave me one already. I put I that did. up at my house. I got lots of train engines as well. Can you give those out at the restaurant there? We oh, do. Yeah. We have yeah. available. Yes, it's cute. We do. Yeah. It's cute. You want one? You get one. I'm just telling you. Well, I'm busy eating the um, the hush puppies. Oh, from they're all good. They are fantastic, and yeah. I'm I consider myself a hush puppy aficionado. Oh, really? Now you might think that's ridiculous, and it might very well be, but you can mess up a hush puppy really easily. Yeah, and, and, and the, I, can you tell they're homemade? Yes, I can tell they're homemade. They got a good little kick, not like too spicy. You don't have to worry that they're too hot, but they got a little kick to them. Good, um, and they're they're a very nice hush puppy. I like, for example, I had mentioned off the air that I go to Flying Fish downtown, and they make a nice hush puppy. Mm-hmm. This is an excellent hush puppy that you guys Great. have. Really. I mean Great. that sincerely. Um, because sometimes they're just big dough balls with no taste to them, and it's no fun. It's not an interesting side dish. And mm-hmm. I was eating those uh, hush puppies, and if your shrimp are half as good as those hush puppies, you're doing a good job. Their shrimp Great. is yeah. awesome. Yeah. I, I, When we talk, when Vince comes on, I bet you we spend 10 minutes every time talking about shrimp. Right. It's just good. It's just really, really good. He uses a sweet chili seasoning with them. That's it. This has a little Yummy. chili in it as right. That's as well. little, that sauce is actually that you dip in. Has that oh, is that right? Sauce. But, oh, the sauce you, is great. It has Sprite. What Sprite, the soda? The soda. Is that right? <laughs> so that is our little is, that's your little sweetness trick. that you put Isn't in there. That so, funny? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that funny? Put so. jalapenos in it? Uh, no, actually, yours jalapeno the spice. Oh, I was talking? getting it off the sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. See, I, but that I has a good kick. To it, it does as well. It is right. very, very, very nice. good. Yeah. Gotta love it. Yeah. You want a hat, uh, Zach? You want a hat? <laughs> okay. There you go. I, I think I. Okay, comes a true engine. Yep, there's only one, so I'll give up. Come on. in and have. I'm. I can't yeah. eat anymore. So. Here, come on. They're fantastic, though. We'll give you this. This is like a walking billboard. I really like it. Now, Vince, Location Little Rock in, in True Benton. engineer now. <laughs> yeah, you are. Oh, you had one. Oh, there we had yeah. one. Well, right one's there. on the camera. But we got it up camera. there and close so right. everybody okay. can see it. Just zero in on it. Yeah, take, no, take the, take the thing. I've, I've had my share and then some. Yeah, Don't enjoy. tell that boy that you got some food that you want to give no, up. Good. Yes, he'll take it. Good. He deserves <laughs> his growing boy he, still. He eats it all. Man. Yeah, good for him. He's skinny. He's, he my needs it. son in law was in Japan. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. doing some uh, work with the Air Force. He's a loadmaster, mm-hmm. uh, senior NCO, and he was over there. And he says, I got to show you this, Dad. You're going to want to see this. So he shows me this restaurant, sushi restaurant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You order your sushi, and a train delivers <laughs> it. Ah! <laughs> and I said, Man, where you been? Yeah. Have you ever been to All Aboard? That's funny. Kevin, he goes, No. His wife's been to it. This is Japan. Yeah, it was yeah. over in Japan. Yeah, that's funny. They can't one up us, you know. No, you're ahead of them. Yeah, sure. it was great. Uh, when did you open yours? Uh, in 2011. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. been around longer. Than yeah, it's a long but time. You said actually. it was a, yeah. a new place. You've been in that location or the other? Location? We've been in the uh, Cantor Road and Little Rock location since 2011, mm-hmm. and uh, in Benton now since uh, for two years. That's so, great. Uh, yes, yeah, so 2000 at the end of 2017, started 2018. But uh, you know, we just. Eatertainery. Right, so, right. I like you know, it. Eatertainery. Not yeah. only do you get a, a, a great fresh cooked, you know, we looked at, um, you know, great healthy items, right. steamed vegetables, right. things like you mentioned. Um, but we also look at, uh, you know, you want, you know, southern fried catfish. We got, you got shrimp. We got, you know, if you want an all beef Angus burger, we got that. So, uh, I mean, they're good. We, mm-hmm. And you got all aboard. So, I mean, you know, you got different 
you know appetites in families nowadays. Sure, you know, of course you, got you do. Vegans, you got vegetarians, you got right. people who are gluten intolerant. So uh, you need to you need to design a menu around that. So What's your what biggest surprise on your menu? Most unusual, what you wouldn't expect walking into. You told me off the air, for example, you have hummus, which has become more mainstream now, but still, that's a bit of an unusual uh, dish to have, and that's a nice offering. Well, what I found is now the big, uh, the uh, Beyond Meat burger. The uh, oh, do you carry yeah, that? We do. We make oh, the Beyond that's Meat burger. interesting. And so, and we cook it just like you would cook a burger. We is put that it right? on the char griller, right? And so, and how's it come out? Right, it comes out. Just like the burger. Is that right? You know, where people can't, you know, distinguish. Can't tell the difference. So, Isn't that interesting? And it is interesting. You know, we can put barbecue. We can make it a barbecue burger. Right, right. You know, we can do anything. But, uh, you know, for those who are trying to stay away from red meat. Right. You have that. That's you know, an that, interesting. And, and be honest with you, yeah, I, I am Good surprised. Good for you, because that's unusual. You can't find that uh, typically you at a restaurant. You don't. Yeah. And, uh, you know, more and more, I think you're going to see that, uh, you know, the trend is people are going towards more. You know, plant-based right. options and things right. like that. So right. uh, that that would probably be the biggest price. How many of those we sell? Yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're moving. They are moving. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Is yeah. that funny? So and that, that that's you know great. It's, that is great. You you, you got to give it what the people want. Were you in it. the restaurant business before this one? I you know I started way back in yeah. the day. I mean, remember Bennigan's? Yeah, sure. Okay, so I was with Bennigan's. Chocolate and, and, by and, death and, or yeah. death by chocolate. <laughs> right, right. Broccoli bites, you know, those kind right, of things. Right. We did, uh, so I was with Bennigan's for uh, quite some time, steak and eels. I've noticed day. that a Ooh, lot of folks that go out on their own have come up through the business, and you got to learn it. It is not any – people think you can open up a – oh, just open up. Good luck. The margins are tight. You've got to m- make sure your staff is working the way they need to work. Your supplies are working the way uh, they need to work. Every Almost everything has to go exactly as planned in the restaurant business. It's not an easy business. Oh, and I would never recommend it. You know, I, have, right. I have three daughters myself and uh, one in college, and, of course, she's, she strays away from uh, – <laughs> Claire stays away from uh, the restaurant. But right. I have one that actually – she's a senior at Little Rock Central. She works uh, with us, and my youngest is a freshman, and she, you know, she'll be in there too. So I think right. everybody should experience the restaurant. Right. I worked know? in it too. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a great opportunity for people, especially you're, you're young, to, to do it and you, you gain respect, but I would never recommend it to anybody. It's hard as far as a business, but it is hard. But I mean, I think what made us, you know, I've done it for 30 years. Yeah, yeah. Good uh, for you. But it's good people. Yeah. Uh, we have yeah. some great staff, and, you know, Cameron and AJ and people who run our restaurants, uh, they do a great job, and they're very dedicated. So um, that's great. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it's just great for, to have those kind of people who you can trust. You're right. Uh, but. It is hard. There's a yeah. lot of good restaurant restaurant tours out there, even in Little Rock. Yeah, you know, but, absolutely. Uh, uh, but it's not something you can just think of overnight and think you're going to make it work. Well, I uh, I mentioned to you off the air. I know some folks in, in other restaurant businesses, and I talk to them. And it, what's really interesting to me is that they'll say, first of all, they often get together competitors. They say, look, you know, we sell one product. The other guy sells another product. We we all sell lunch. It's not like we compete with each other in that regard. But I like their product, and yeah. I like our product. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he's, one of them told me, he goes, the difficulty actually for me is sometimes I, I want to go. I don't always want to eat at my restaurant every single day. So I want to go to someone else's restaurant. I'm happy to do it. But then, you know, I wind up and someone takes a picture of me, and they put it on social media. Look, Joe Schmo from Jackson. 
hamburger stand is doesn't eat his own meals. Well, of course he does, ninety nine percent of the time. But now he wants to go oh, somewhere yeah. else. Uh-huh. Right. So yeah. it's kind of funny. It's oh, really a, it's a yeah. tough business. It is. It is. And I agree with what you said. I mean, before we did uh, All Aboard in two thousand eleven, uh, I was with Corky's. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. With uh, you know Joe Klein and Tom yeah, they Hilbert, have so. they have a nice barbecue. Oh, great barbecue. Yeah. You know Memphis style barbecue. Right. So um, and you, of course barbecue in the South, Kansas City, and right. you know Texas. Right. It's all different. But, That's right. Uh, you know. You're right. Yeah. How do Corky's compare to? Uh, I like Corky's, and I also like Whole Hog. It's but are they are they different styles of barbecue. You know, they both uh, in the South. You get pork, right? You know, versus beef. I mean, we beef brisket's also the same, right. but you see more pork. And, sure. Uh, you use pork shoulder vers- and pork butts, mm-hmm. uh, so you get a different texture. And really, the, the secret to barbecue that I think, if, if you if you're listening, is cook it slow. Slow. Cook mm-hmm. it slow, smoke it slow, mm-hmm. and uh, it falls from the bone, and it's you know, at, at a relatively low temperature, right? And a really low temperature. Low temperature. Yeah. So if you cook it slow at a low temperature, you know, I mean, I'm talking, you know, twelve, you know, sometimes ten to twelve hours. 12, at what uh, temperature? You know, you cook it about two twenty five, two fifty. Mm-hmm. I mean, so that's mm-hmm. low. Right. Uh, you put the smoke on it when it's when it's raw, so it gets that flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you make it, and you know, of course, in Little Rock, you've got a lot of great barbecue. Places. You oh, really do. Yeah. You really do. You know? I love your whole, you know, whole hog. Yeah. You know why I go there? Why is that? Potato salad. It's it's good potato salad, but there. Oh uh, man, uh, your potato salad is to die for. Yeah. I will fight somebody for the last <laughs> scoop of potato salad. I like their beef brisket. Um, and uh, I like the sausage as well. I know you can't eat yeah. it, but I, I yeah. eat the sausage. No, I'm sure it's fine. I'm yeah. sure it's great. Yeah. And their chicken is very good. Yeah, both their pulled chicken and they have chicken on the bone. Both yeah. very good. They do good. Yeah, you know. And, but that's one of the things too that we, we kind of took some of those ideas. Right. From Obviously, we couldn't be barbecue when we right. started that. But yeah. we, uh, you know, at all board, we do we do uh, hand breaded chicken. Very uh, nice. You know, and like a chicken it. breast. You mean? Yeah, we do hand breaded chicken breast. We said? also do hand breaded. Yeah, where we actually you'll dip it in buttermilk, right? And you dip it in the flour, right? You cook it just like grandmother make it. You know, nice. and our fish is you know made the same thing in cornmeal right. and things like that. So, Very uh, nice. yeah, I mean, we took a lot of the things that you know, and some of the things we did at you know Corky's. But I mean, when we started this, hey, this is what people like, and yeah, it's fresh. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not something that's been pulled out of the freezer. That's true. Sure. That, and, and people can tell. You know, you can I really think tell. So. I can. I, I think can. so. What, uh, so you have the um, the catfish. Uh, what, do, you, do you carry any, any other fish? You got shrimp uh, uh, as well. I, yeah. You know, it's a, sort of, uh, that's the, the uh, what do you call it? Shellfish. Right. Uh, any other? Um, well, and we you do know. cod. We do we cod. We do cod. Interesting. So we do fish and chips. Fish and, and chips. So, you right. Know, that's, uh, you know, it's a big New England thing. Yeah, big, yeah. No, uh, I love fish and chips. That. And so, that's a different process, is it? Or is it similar? It, it's similar. Yep. Uh, you know, you take the fish, but you, you put it in a beer batter. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it has a little bit of a lighter. Um, Area kind right. of crust. As far right. as, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, that does... I'm going to come in for that. I really am. Too. I love fish and chips. Too. And a good fish and chips. Yeah. And like you say, a fresh one. And you got to have malt vinegar with it. That's right. And you got to have our homemade tartar sauce That's with right. it. And you got to squeeze lemon on it. Right. Know? So there's right. certain ways you eat that. Right. You know, catfish, you got to put Louisiana hot sauce on it, right. onions, lemon, and the tartar sauce. Fair you enough. Know, it's not just the product itself. It's just like with the shrimp. You well, that sauce you had for the... Um... By the way, that's why I'm not talking. Yeah. I'm stuffing my <laughs> exactly. mouth. Exactly. You go ahead. You well, we're having a great conversation right no, now. No. So. It's great. What's though? the sauce that I had with the uh, hush puppies. That's that, a sweet chili oleo sauce. It's very nice. So, so it's like it's essentially like a mayonnaise base with chili and some and uh, Louisiana hot sauce. Louisiana hot sauce. That's yeah. the trick to it, yeah. isn't it? So you nice. Combine those, right? 
and uh, you come up with that sauce. That's very nice. You're right, and you know you have to have the right amount. But, you do, you know, because if do. you have too much hot, no, there's it's gonna. I, I tried to make a point earlier when I was saying it had a little bit of kick because people hear that something. Oh no, I gotta stay away from it. No, it's not a burning kick. It's just a slight warmth. And you, you almost don't even know where it's coming from. That's a good spiced sauce. When it hurts, well, you know, some people, you know, that's when, well, good. give me it the hurts. number 11. You know, okay, good. Yeah. You know, you can win the prize on the door or something yeah, like that. Yeah, then you're spending too much time watering. Right, right yeah. exactly. Right. But it, good hot sauce spicing is supposed to be subtle, and some people tend to miss that. But anyway, and I'm talking too long. I think no, we need to no, take a break, don't we? No, we're take a break, break yep. and we'll come back. Yep. You can talk some more. I'm going we'll to just keep it. eating. Indeed. <laughs> Talking about All Aboard, located in Little Rock and in Benton. On Cantrell, right? Cantrell, yeah. here in Little Rock. Uh, what's the big store there over by Ben? Steinmart. 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 Yeah. I remember because yeah. my last name is Steinbuck. So I, I, I was, that's my, people say, is that yours? Yes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> they spelled the lot. Lo, lo, well, more. It's just a store. You yeah. know, it's like Walmart. They're right off of 30 in Benton, right behind Freddy's. Yeah, Alcoa Road exit. Right yeah, there. you yeah. can find them right there. Great place to eat there. Is that bigger than the one in Little Rock? It is bigger. I thought it was bigger. We added uh, one more train, one more rail to that one. That's cool. Because we have uh, party rooms in that one. Good. Yeah. A break. We'll come back. We'll talk more because there's more to talk about when you're talking about All Aboard. Great. Question for you. A little trivia for both of you. Yeah. Both of you are old enough to remember. Uh, really? You have to put that yeah. in there? Really? John Denver. Remember John Denver? Sure. Oh, yeah. Sure. During the late 70s and 80s, how many albums do you think he sold? Not a clue, but he was he was chart topping. I will say that, but I have no clue of the numbers. Any any guess? Oh, I, how many albums? You know, like sells a million albums or. Oh gosh! For you millennials, that was a piece of wax. <laughs> that 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 was when you, you you know when you download the MP3. That's they, those are a, a, accumulation of uh, MP3s or whatever yeah, they whatever. are MP4s okay. now, right? You know, it was usually about uh, ten songs on an right. album and. Right. Four of them were really good. The rest of them were filler, but not John Denver. He had a lot of good ones. Yeah. Like Rocky Mountain High. You think Holmes, all- Prayers, and Promises. Remember that album? Yeah. That, that album had five number one hits. Wow. He sold 30 million albums. That doesn't surprise me at all. When he passed away, when he crashed his plane. Is that um, how he died in a plane crash? Yeah, he had remember. one of those experimental planes. He was oh a pilot. Gosh. Every one of the, uh, how many musicians? Uh, well, how did he die? You just guess that it's a plane crash <laughs> yeah. at this point, and the odds are you're right. And he was flying yeah. it though. Nobody else wow. was flying it, but he he crashed and, and and passed away. Montego Bay, I think, is where he crashed. Yeah. In fact, and uh, as I was checking out the story, because I got on talking about it, I was I heard Annie's song play mm-hmm. on my uh, my phone. And I was I was just talking to Linda about it. I said so many people hated John Denver because he had this really positive music that he did, but he sold thirty million albums. There is a guy out that does a, a tribute show to him. Is I'm that gonna, right? I'd That's love nice. to bring him through here. Yeah. That's a lot of albums. That's yeah. a I mean, lot. I mean, he was worth sixty million dollars when he passed away. Not he bad. Had a little bit of green. Not bad. Well, well, well deserved, right? Yeah. yeah. He was good. He didn't earn that money. You you built the roads. That's you, right. That's the Elizabeth Warren version of of what John Denver is deserving. Or rocks, you know? All of them. Well, she he stole it from her. Actually. We made the wax. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, by the way, he didn't pay. Well, we paid for the roads. What do you mean? And he opted out of paying for the roads. He paid for the roads too. Yeah. 
And by the way, are you giving part of your salary over <laughs> for the $82 that you made last week? Are you giving part of that over to me because I paid for your road and you paid for my road? These leftists, all they know is how to take away other people's money. All right. With that in mind, <laughs> for the people who maybe aren't interested in doing a big Thanksgiving get-together or whatever, what's going on over at All Aboard? You know, if your family's in town, this is, you know, I think All Aboard is, we, we're, we're excellent for that. You know, bring your family. You know, we have... You know, you got grandparents, that grandchildren, and it's just this time of the year when you bring everybody together. You know, um, so it, it is a great time when you can be entertained. You can yep. bring the grandchildren. You know, so it's not just one of those places like, oh, do we not go there because you know we can only go here with our kids. But you can go there with your kids. You can go with the adults, and uh, that's just what that you know trains have always been. That connection has brought people together and all aboard. And that's what we you know this time of year is great to bring people because. You know, we're not in Chicago. No, we're not in Dallas. We're not yet. Um, we're you know we're in Little Rock and Benton, and so you know this is something that when they come in town, oh yeah, I've been there. We've got one of those here. We got yeah. Oh, you know what? I come from Baltimore. We you know we don't have one there. You know we don't have one in Boston. We don't have one in Dallas. So you can you can one up. So the nieces and the nephews that never have seen anything like this get to go over and check it out, and it's not bullet trains like in Japan. The way they do right, it. Right, it's the old fashioned train. It's the trains. old fashioned train. Right. Did you right. go away, go see the big uh, steam engine that came in? It came in, yeah, in, in North Little Rock. Yeah, and the, that thing was huge. You know, they built like, thir- they had like 13 of them, and that was the only one I think that was still, but it was, it was cast iron solid, you know, so, you know. So yeah. when it came through, that it was a, a bunch of smoke for you? Yeah, yeah, that, you yeah, know, the wheel was as tall, you know, I'm six foot three, and that, I stood right alongside. The wheel. Man, you if, you, if you said yeah. it was as tall as an elephant's eye, I would have broken Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just saying, I'm just saying. Anyway, that was an – I saw it the last time it came through. Yeah. It came through a few years ago, and it was it. incredible to see that thing. It was a huge piece of work. But as – I forget who I was talking about, and they said, you look at that, and the light on the front of it had a little tiny generator. And now, if it was like an electric car today, they'd have – a million other lights running with it, you know. Yeah, as far as that goes, and it was powered by coal. Yeah, I mean, think about that. It's amazing. It is. Yeah, just the sound of it. Yeah. American ingenuity. So, were you there when they left? When they got I started again? No. See, I liked. I I would love to hear it pull out. Yeah. When those because it took a lot of power to get that that sucker going down the track. I imagine. Yeah, I imagine. But I mean, great. it was great. I mean, there was a lot of people that came out to see that. And was, we were just fortunate to have it here. And like you said, it came four years ago, three yeah. or four years ago. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the second time, it's great. Mm-hmm. great. You hadn't seen it yet, Robert? No, I haven't. Oh, you, yeah. It will come through again. Mm-hmm. And when it does, I will personally yeah, call you. Yeah, let me you. know. Yeah, seriously. I'll take you down there because it's really – Trains are fun. Cool. I'm a, Trains well, are fun. I can't remember any kid that didn't want to train right. when I was a kid. That's right. Right. I boy mean, or seriously. Girl. Yeah, That's boy right. or girl. I mean, That's exactly you know, right. It's not gender specific anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Can you so. stay? Can you stay for a few minutes? Sure more? can. Let's take a break, yeah. and then when we come back, we'll finish up events here from over at uh, All Aboard here in Little Rock on Cantrell, out in Benton, off of Thirty, off of Alcoa Road exit. You'll want to go by and check it out. You might not go on Thanksgiving, but why not the day after? Why not the weekend? That's what you want to do. Have some fun. Have a good time. With your whole family. They'll love it. They really, really will. My grandson loves that place. 
Uh, anytime I want to go there, you'll be the first in the front seat. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about All Aboard. It's important to me that we remind you that uh, as you do the holidays, part of the holidays is to not just eat leftovers. Eat some really good food and have some fun, especially, I'm just going to say, if you got a, you got a family that's got you know, young kids all the way up to adults, All Aboard is all about you. Well, they can, really, can really I add are. something in all seriousness, and that is, you know, the, the, there's usually one person in the home, and it, traditionally, and I think even to these this day, it's more often it's the woman, the mother, the wife. I'm not trying to be sexist. I'm I'm being descriptive. Here, sure, right? be sexist. And, See if I can. Exactly, and <laughs> and you know. Uh, uh, the, whoever that person is, if it's the wife or it's the father or it's whatever, whoever is kind of the primary person for doing the cooking, um, they need a break too. And we often forget that. And so you have family coming in to visit maybe the whole week. And that person is stuck with preparing food every single day. Do that person a favor. And you, if you're not that person, offer up and say, listen, why don't we go out for, for lunch today? Why don't we grab dinner out today? Right. Because that makes a difference. Oh, it does. I mean, you know, there's only so much turkey, right. dressing, mashed potatoes, you know, and, that you can eat. And so you're right you, about know, you that. can make the sandwich the day after and things like that. But you're right. You kind of get that cabin fever. And, uh, you know, that is where all aboard is that release. Is that, uh, and, you know, it's just a great time, especially when families are together to come out. And, you know, you're right. You know, from seafood to vegetarian to American cuisine, if you want a barbecue bacon cheeseburger, you know. You can get a barbecue bacon meatless burger other than the bacon. True. <laughs> you can. You can. You right. sure can. That's, that's pretty yeah. good. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's covering all the niches that's as right. far as that's concerned. <laughs> that's right. Because everything goes better with bacon. There you go. <laughs> that's just the way it is. Just the way it is. You get bacon on top of your bacon. Yeah. Right. So tell me. How do you decide new food items? I mean, how many new, since you've opened, how many new items have you added to the menu? Well, you know, that sweet chili shrimp that you tried is new. Oh, uh, you know, awesome. And, you know, when I dine, like I said, you know, we eat at a restaurant a lot. But, you know, when you dine at other restaurants, you know, you, you try what's on the menu. And usually what I'll find if you go to restaurants is just ask the, the, the staff, you know, What's the most popular thing? You know, you go to a Mexican restaurant. What's the most popular? You know, they usually tell you, "Hey, this is what the guest orders." So, that's usually where I find new menu items. Uh, is just going to a new another restaurant and just finding, "Hey, I want to try that." What's what's that all about? And usually, you go to the best places. You know, certain places has their niche. You know, there's uh, you know, threefold. They have dumplings. You know, yeah. or if you I get, just went there for the first time. You know, and that, that's great. You know, yeah. And so you you and they do a great job. Yeah, very you know, nice dumplings. And so you, you got to want dumplings, but very nice right, dumplings. You know, <laughs> you, you go to any of those restaurants, right. and you know, Big Orange, you know, he does a great job with yeah. his stuff. And so, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you know, we there's other, a lot, of, like I said, a lot of great restaurant tours out there. What's the if if we're coming to your restaurant for the first time, and we ask you or another person working there, what's the most popular? They're gonna dish? probably say catfish. Catfish, yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. They're going to say catfish. Mm-hmm. You know, it is, you know, we hand-breaded that catfish, mm-hmm. and we'll cook that. And like I said, everything on there, you know, the fries are, you know, hand-cut fries that we season ourselves. You're going to get the hush puppy, which yeah, you just I had. Like you, those you're going to get, you know, homemade tartar sauce. We cut fresh onion, lemon, you know, you've got it all mixed up. But they're going to say that. They're going to say the shrimp. 
they're going to say you know, the burgers are excellent. You know, uh, you know, we put Italian dressing in our burgers. Oh, so, is that right? Yeah, so that's our little oh. secret. So. You got a lot of little secrets. Yeah, yeah those little yeah. secrets. Don't but be it, giving know. them all away, then. <laughs> I'm just telling you. But uh, that is that's where you get the fl- it's flavor profile, and so yeah, you know, so, right. and there's a lot of you can go to a lot of places. David Burgers does sure. a great job, but sure. uh, uh, you know, they have burgers. You know, that's the thing. That's just always been the America way. Yeah. Know, so you know, as great you. as the burgers are at David's, I get the chicken all the time. Yeah. That chicken is awesome. Those chicken steaks at David's. Yeah. Well, David's does something They're unique. Good. They do a ground chicken burger, which is unique. Now you guys are doing. You do a chicken fried chicken. You were saying. Yeah. 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 Because. I, I I love chicken fried chicken, and it's not that easy to find. I, I'm surprised to say, frankly. You know, and again, it's just you know, since we already do chicken tenders, hand, right? It's never frozen, so that's that, nice. It's never frozen. So again, right. when you mentioned that you can taste the difference, you can right. taste. You the can difference. definitely uh, taste the difference. It, it is so moist uh, when you take a product that's never been frozen. That's and right. We, we dip it in buttermilk, and we hand butter that, and we put that there. And you ought to try if you like the. Like spicy, you yeah. try the buffalo chicken sandwich. We, you know, we'll melt hot pepper jack cheese on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you you got to have the gotta homemade. You got to have the homemade ranch because uh, that offsets the heat. You know, I grew up eating. The uh, dairy in the north. kills the heat. Dairy does. Yeah, it kill does. The heat. Yes, it, it does. does. It, it complements. Right. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you it, know, people who eat something really, really hot and grab for water. That's foolish. a mistake. That's right. It's like spreading the fire. That's right. That's all it is. If you drink milk. They put it out yeah. Imme- yeah. immediately. Yeah. It's not true. I forget what that's. Is that carmazian or something? The the, the the hot, the heat producing chemical? Oh, it, like Tapascan or yeah, something yeah, like that? Something yeah, something like that. Yeah, it destroys yep. it. It just yep. destroys the whole chain of the chemical. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. I, had to read, I read that one time. So if you see me, usually what I'll have is I'll have a milkshake next to me mm-hmm. when I'm doing hot wings or something. Yeah. I like that. I don't want a glass of milk. It just doesn't come off sounding all that good as far as that's concerned, you know, as far as that goes. Well, Vince, it's been fun having you here. Yeah, it's always great. good to bring you on. Appreciate it. You could, when you come back? Before Christmas? He, I'll probably he, be back before. He the, wants another before dose now. of the uh, shrimp, you <laughs> see. Oh, is that what it is? Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah anytime you come, man, you don't have to bring food. Just come. Oh, Tell everybody, it. what do you got for dessert? You know, we do. See, that's really important to me. I love dessert. It actually is because if you're going out to a restaurant, that's you know, it's nice to have that option. I've been known to eat my dessert first. Well, I do. You know why? Because you never know when you're going to drop. That's exactly right. (laughs) You get caught on a piece of hot. That's right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, we we. What you got? If you want to compliment that, we have uh, homemade brownies. We do homemade cookies. We do fried apple, peach. And chocolate. And I have had pies. Fried pies. We put a side of ice cream with that. uh, And like I said, that. And like I said, we fry that pie right there, so it's not something you're just going to grab off the shelf. So it's uh, you got your own special ice cream you use. We do, we okay. do, yeah. We do a major brand, but it's very popular. Yeah. You know? yeah. Okay, just so, just ask. Yeah. You know, you told me not to give all my secrets. I know. I don't you want should. to give all your <laughs> exactly. secrets. Exactly. It's important. It just tastes really good. That's yeah. the big important secret. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's great, great stuff. We don't skimp. Well, you yeah. know, the good news, Dave, is when you have dessert out, no calories. That. 
Did you know that? Especially, Dude, right. I, I Eat never, at home, it's double. But it, uh, that's no. how it breaks even. Even when I'm at home, right. I bless the food right. and I say, Lord, take away the calories. Take away the calories. <laughs> that's right. exactly right. I'm not sure you have that much in with the big guy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying you're you're going downstairs, but I'm not sure you have yeah. that much in with the big guy. I hope not to get down the right. down escalator. Exactly. I'm just telling you. Exactly. I want that. Vince, mm-hmm. good to have you here. Great. It's nice to meet you. Oh, you're you're great. You've got so many great things to talk about. Oh, appreciate it. All right, we're going to take a break, and then we'll come back. Robert and I will get on. I got some great stuff to play. Yeah. You're not, like uh, the GOP leader. Right. You know, McCarthy. I, I've heard of him. Uh, <laughs> quote, Democrats might not be focused on facts, but Republicans will continue to double down on the truth. Good. Got to like that. Amen to that. We'll talk about that when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. So if you hadn't noticed, we talk a lot of politics here on my show. Yes, we do. This Politics is maybe and Fridays. We talk a lot of uh, showbiz and, and things of that nature. But uh, Monday through Thursday, it's basically about local and about in state and, and national. about national. And so most of the stuff going on right now is national in origin because you got the whole impeachment thing going on and we had the thing with the Secretary of the Navy going down. No, and we're out of session in the yeah. state. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I got uh, he's not going to be here in studio, but uh, Congressman Hill will be on three o'clock Wednesday by phone for 60 minutes. Wow. That's a long interview. So we'll have him on for for the hour, which is there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Oh, yeah. Like how good the. You know, Wall Street's doing mm-hmm. over uh, 28,000. Well, you know, the congressman uh, is a former banker. And so of all the folks in the Congress, he's one of the s- several, I mean, handful who really know about the economic issues in a way that a lot of others, I think, uh, look up to him for his input and guidance. I mean that sincerely. No, yeah, they you know, do. They do. You know, so if there's certain criminal justice issues, you may go to a guy who used to be, say, a prosecutor. But when it comes to financial issues, uh, Congressman French Hill, that, that's one of the few people in the Congress that his colleagues, I'm, I'm sure, are going to to talk to about what's going on. Oh, by the way, I don't know mm-hmm. if you heard this or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see the group that's coming in next? They're already promoting them. They're not going to be here until next uh, year. Who's that? October 12th over at the uh, bank uh, arena. What is that? The Doobie Brothers. Oh, really? Their 50th anniversary tour. Oh, wow. So it's going to be fun to uh, to, to see them and... Here's why everybody's excited. The last time they came through was the original Doobies. Right. Are now these the, not, the, not original well, anymore? No, this is oh. the originals. Right. But Michael McDonald's going to be with them. Oh, at this time? Yes. And they were not And he time? was not the last time. Oh, but time. He, isn't he like the anchor of the Doobie Brothers? In, the, in, their, in their second incarnation. Oh, and who was the first in, in, incarnation? In the first one you had, you know, you had uh, Johnson and, and McPhee and all those guys, mm. and they were doing Jesus is Just All Right. Oh, oh that's and before all of those songs. Uh, him. Oh, I see. That's I didn't before realize. him. I didn't realize that. And then he came on, and they, right. they started doing that kind of bluesy right. rock that they do, What a Fool Believes and all of that. Right, right. And... Uh, so, and I and I don't remember 
clearly the last time they were through, if they did a lot of that material, mm-hmm. may not have been able to right, because right. he wrote a lot he of it. He wrote it, right. So he'll be with them this time. So now oh, you get the nice. whole catalog. That'll be very nice. Yeah, so I'm I'm already planning on paying now, for now those Dave, tickets. Now, answer me this. If at that point in Arkansas they legalize pot, <laughs> is it going to be doobies at the Doobie Brothers? <laughs> it just would a- be. I'm just asking. It would It would have to be there, but it won't be that soon because right. that's in October. There you go. And it wouldn't be if, – if they get it on the – on the ballot, it probably wouldn't be until mm-hmm. June or July the next year. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, yeah, the Doobie Brothers. It's great. And that's not what their name means. I forget there was a reason for why they were called right. Doobie right. Brothers. But right. It had nothing to do with what you had in your cigarette. Right, right, right. Just so you know. But, yeah, they're going to be playing over at the, the Simmons Bank Arena October 12th at 7.15. Ticket prices start at $35 and go all the way up. Uh, to two hundred and three dollars and seventy five cents. Now well, that's those are probably, probably the, got a the, meet and greet. Yeah, the primo seats, but that's it. that's you know that's in line with what concert tickets are costing these days. That's not uh, out of line. I mean, Tom and John and the group, the the original members are mm-hmm. all going to be there with Michael McDonald, and the fans have been wanting this for a long That'll time. Be a nice they show. said. That'll be a nice and, show. And uh, this way, everybody. We'll get a chance to hear all of our hits as well as deep cuts and even some new material. Mm. I know there's going to be uh, very special performances, said Pat Simons, selling nearly 50 million albums during their their time. The Doobie Brothers have had five top 10 singles, 16 top 40 hits, three multi-platinum albums, seven platinum albums, 14 gold albums, and own a rare diamond record for their 1976 album, Best of the Doobies. Hmm. And I don't even know, how many do you got to sell to get a diamond yeah, album? Yeah, I don't know what the numbers are. I don't are. know what right. that is. I know platinum is like 100,000 or something like that. It's, it's an enormous mm-hmm. amount. But uh, this is their big tour, 50th anniversary. 50 years, I remember when I was in college, and they were the thing to listen to. Mm. Listen to the music. Yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, the whole whole album was a great album. Yep, I had most of, you know, I had most of their albums. You still have your record collection? Dude, I wish I did. Mm. I I used to, uh, but I will just say um, a certain member of my family Mm -hmm. thought that it was ridiculous to hold on to all about 1,500 albums that I had. Mm-hmm. That'd be great to have. Oh, well, I would love to have them back, just because, and not just not because of albums, but because of all of that great album art and uh, the LP notes that came with them, and all of that. That mm-hmm. was just, I mean, that was part of buying the album, getting home, opening it up, dropping it on the turntable, listening to the album, and as you're listening to it, read what the uh, you know the guys that performed the music and stuff thought about yeah. what they were trying to convey. Right, right. it was always great. It was really, really good. Yeah. Just uh, some albums I gave away. One that I really, my, my sister-in-law, uh, married to my middle brother, Don. She didn't ask me. She just got, gave them away. Because if, if I knew she was going to give them away, I would have said give them to me because I would have wanted to keep them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. collected them. Mm-hmm. She had every one of Elvis's albums. Wow. 
and just gave it away to You know, there person. are some albums that have significant value these days. Oh, my days. God, yes. Like Rubber Soul by the Beatles. I mean, that that album's worth some money. My, my sister has a few albums that when we were uh, cleaning out my mom's house, um, nothing, you know, extravagant, but... Uh, Hundred bucks, two hundred bucks no, in terms. Sure. You know, you can look it up online. These Add days. a few of those yeah. together, right? Some money. Oh well, and I'm not saying it's nothing. I'm not. It's not like a ten thousand dollar fine, but you know, right. sure. Yeah, it's, and she's not. She, I don't think she intends to sell it. She just said, "Oh, it's cool to know." I'm yeah, keep I should on. have. I should have Bill Eggington on. He's the owner of uh, Arkansas uh, CDs and mm. records, and, and CDs he knows all there. that stuff oh, too. Oh my God, yeah. he's got. I forget how many thousand, 16, 20,000 right. albums. Right. Because what you see in his business is like a third right. of what he of what owns. You is, go yeah. to his house, right. his basement is just wall to wall vinyl. That's funny. Unbelievable. Right. He's right. Got, I mean, he's got everything. Right. You, you say, yeah, you got Demons and Wizards by Uriah Heep. Yeah, right, right here. Yeah, you want to hear? Right. Yeah. That's funny. And it doesn't have burn marks on the right. on the opening tracks or anything like that. I mean, right. he drops the needle on it. And by dropping it, I mean it's dampened and slowly right, lowers right. itself down. Play that, man. It's great. That's it's just a, not a lot of crackle and pop right, and, right. and all that that you would get. That was the bad thing about vinyl. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Sooner or later, you, you left the album out, and it was near a window, mm-hmm. and the curtains... We parted just enough like, that the sun could it. just shake, should just just be on that album, and it would warp it. Yeah, yeah. I, I it was not a permanent. Yeah, it's not a permanent medium. Of course, you recall thereafter cassette tapes. Uh, oh right? man, and th- that was an even less permanent. No wait, now before cassettes, well, there was eight tracks. I know, right? <laughs> oh right. man, those things sucked. Right. But anyway, but yeah, you had to cassettes. Right. Then we went to CDs. Right. And see, I'm just telling you, this is the God's honest truth. If you can go out and get yourself a decent, you know, uh, turntable, get yourself a decent uh, amplifier and some good speakers, get some Kenwoods or something like that, and you can get the albums that you love in wax, Mm -hmm. they sound so much better. Than CDs. CDs sound flat when you mm-hmm. play them compared to wax. I'm just saying, wax just got this really full, warm sound to it. This is great. It's great. Plus, when they play the Hammond organ, it sounds like the Hammond organ. It's not a fake right. Hammond organ. Because those ones that they use, the, you know, the computer right. kinds now, and they just Hammond organ, okay, I push that button, it play like a Hammond organ. Doesn't have the same sound. Right, right. Just doesn't have it, man. I'm just telling you. I mean, you listen to the if you could listen to the band with when they had the Hammonds out there and you hear it on C D, it didn't sound like the same group. Just the way it was. That was some I used the band for the simple reason of being from Arkansas. Oh, is that right? I yeah. didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. A lot of their stuff. And I'm just telling yeah. you, man. Yeah. You go up to Cripple Creek on 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 something that's done with vinyl sounds totally different than what you hear on uh, on C D or have a little stage fright or something like that. All right, we gotta get to the news when we come back, I promise. All right, I promise. The GOP leader, the president, Kamala Harris gotta play something from her, of course. 
Uh, and Do we really? How about Senator Tim Scott? Want to hear from Tim Scott? Yeah. He's got some interesting things to say as well. A lot to talk about still here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Closer to Thanksgiving. You're on your way home from work day. You're a day closer to Thanksgiving. Turkey day. Well, you know, and everybody says, yeah, I'll overeat. So what? It's one so day what part of it you get to do it, you exactly. know? And I went to today. I, I picked up a pecan pie. And then I picked up an apple pie. Of course, we got a pumpkin pie. Mm-hmm. So we're ready for all of that. I'm making chocolate chip cookies, snickerdoodles, oh and uh, uh, peanut butter cookies along with I'm also making a uh, fruitcake. And my fruitcake is not like the kind you buy at the store. It's not, you know, it's not one of those you just use as a doorstop. It's not all gooey and nasty. This is this is a, a, a recipe that I bet you is 95 years old. You so know, so, a so a few years younger than you. Yes. <laughs> 95 years old. I can't wait, man. I make them every year. Most people in my family don't care for it. I get up in the morning. I'll cut a slab. I think I liked it. Didn't I yeah, have it last you time? Liked didn't it, I yeah. tell you I liked it? Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I'm cut not, a slab and I'm not just of saying that. that. I, I remember you have had, a cup of like, coffee oh. with it. Ooh, yeah. Good. Just saying, good. Those cookies, though. Mm. Those chocolate chip cookies yeah. you're talking about. That's what it sounds really good. Yeah, I like chocolate chip cookies. Everything you had last year at Thanksgiving was outstanding. Yeah. I mean that. And I cooked it all. That's right. This I year I'm that. not cooking. That's okay. That's but okay. I'm going through Kroger. We're going to see how they do. They usually have very nice prime stuff. Prime rib. Yeah. Going to do prime rib this right. year. I just got to tell you, I wanted to do something different yeah. this year. That's very you know, nice. Move beyond. Move beyond turkey this year to prime rib. A lot of my family will not be here. Um, part of my family is going to be down 
uh, with another part of the family that lives in Texas mm. who can't make it up yeah, this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. And then for uh, Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin uh, and my daughter uh, Jennifer and my grandchildren uh, Ava and Cassandra and Gabriel, they're going to see Kevin's family sure. out in California. Sure. Well, so that's always, you know, it's out. always, uh, always got to be a split, you know? Yeah, that sure. always happens. I don't think it's fair of any member of a couple to say we always have to be at so this so, family's right. house. No, no, it's actually, it's it's not a good recipe, no pun intended, uh, for a relationship. If, uh, if you always go to one side, you have to mix it up. You know, unless there's some particular circumstances, some, you know, my, both my parents have passed, for example, obviously that moots that issue. Uh, but as a general matter, you need to uh, share those responsibilities. So are you, are you close with the other members of your family? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah. do you get close at this time of the year? We were going to get together. The timing didn't work for Thanksgiving. So we're not getting together for Thanksgiving, but l- likely during the Christmas break because we're all teachers. So we all have off uh, during the Christmas break as okay, well. Okay. So you're going to do something during yeah. the Christmas time. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I think everybody should do that yeah. with their, their siblings. And look, if there's bad blood, figure out a way to work through it. Right. I mean, come on, man. It, put them in the cold room. Short. There's always a cold room in the house. Just yeah. put them in the cold yeah. room. <laughs> Seriously, it's just life right. is too short to to live with bad feelings that's right. for people. That's right. Just saying. That's Make just a phone call. If you have someone you know who's a relative, a family member, and you haven't talked to them in a while, make a phone call. All right. I just saw a new, a new yeah. piece of uh, information about Bloomberg. Yeah, tell we me. We talked about the $30 million yes. in ads. Yes. He has pledged yes. to spend. $150 million now. He's trying to scare some people out of the race. He really is. That's right. $150 million. He That's says right. when Super Tuesday comes up, right. Super Tuesday, by the way, includes Arkansas. Oh, is that right? Are we in yeah, Super Tuesday? Yeah, we're in Super Tuesday. I'm glad you told me that. I didn't you know. I didn't we're part know of the SEC. Right. You know, so think about that. Right. Uh, so we'll be seeing, we'll be getting some Bloomberg money here at 1011, I'm there sure. There you go. I have nothing against it. Do Spend you think, it, will, will they advertise on a conservative radio? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So the GOP leader was talking about what was going on now uh, with this whole impeachment and all of that. Let's play that. Cut 13. We cut 13 for you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Democrats might not be focused on facts, but Republicans will continue to double down on the truth and expose those for what it is. A political hit job on the president. Chairman Schiff is playing by his rules and won't provide the president a fair process. Again, we have not had a witness that we requested outside of those that Adam Schiff has gone through his audition. We do not have a process where the president's own attorney could have a cross-examination. We do not have due process. And again, despite all the advantage to Adam Schiff, he still cannot come up with a reason to impeach the president. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. played that for you today about... Yeah, you know, but the he, point is valid, right, Dave, that that <clears throat> he gets on TV over the weekend, he declares his parade of horribles and says, I need to check with my constituents, however, uh, as to whether or not I will vote for impeachment. Wait, what? What? Or, or to borrow a phrase from our good buddy, uh, Joe um, Biden, come on, man. Yeah, I agree. Now, if I was a Democrat on running for president, the other question I'd be asking about is Bloomberg News. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you th- wonder about that? 
I mean, you got right. you got you got your own media arm, and they're going to be covering the election. You think they're going to say anything bad about the boss? No, of course not. In I'm fact, just there was saying. something they said something that Bloomberg came out. The news came out and said we're not going to say anything critical about the Democrats in general. Bloomberg News bans investigations right. of the founder. Right. Wow. Right. It's a scam. Woo. Yeah. So, like, if you hear anything about Bloomberg from, uh, you know, Bloomberg News, don't believe it. The president has been talking about this as well. You know, I just noticed I had two number 13s here, Zach, just so you know. The last one that you played and then the next one, which is uh, President Trump. Uh, And he's talking about the Republican Party. And this is something important we want to talk about. Check this out, what Trump said about the Republican Party. Having a great year. This has been an amazing year for our economy. And uh, meeting these athletes, they're real athletes, I can tell you. It's uh, a tremendous achievement. And we're bringing many of them over to the Oval Office. I guess all of them. So far, nobody's turned that one down. <laughs> because it is a special place. They want to be there within 25 years, somebody out of here. So, but we had a, uh, we've had a great time. This has been the best economy we've ever had. We're up again today. We have a lot of things going. The China deal's coming along very well. It's a question of whether or not I want to make it. And uh, tremendous things are happening. I think we had a uh, tremendous week with the hoax, you know, the great hoax. The, they call it the impeachment hoax. And that's really worked out uh, incredibly well. And we have tremendous support. I think Roger's around here someplace. I don't think I've ever seen support in the Republican Party like we do right now. We've never had this kind of support. you all. Okay, so what do you think about what the president said there at the end, that we've got great support from the Republican Party. I don't think that we've ever had this kind of great support. Undoubtedly, uh, he has good, very good support from the Republicans. I don't know how that measures up against prior presidents and congresses, but he has solid uh, support. But here's the thing, Dave. You might think... Listen, it's great for him to say that. It's great for him to be kind to uh, the fellow GOP members. But the truth is, as opposed to what? Getting on the shift train of nonsense? This impeachment notion is a joke. Take everything that they allege he has done as true. So let's not debate the facts. Just assume that they're correct. There's no impeachable impeachable offense. Indeed, they're so desperate to find an impeachable defense <clears throat> that you know what they're saying now? Well, it's bribery. Why, as we discussed earlier or previously, bribery is one of the elements listed in the impeachment um, clause in the Constitution. But here's the difficulty. By no definition of the term bribery, Assuming the facts that the Democrats assert to be true, did he commit bribery? If you hire a company to move your furniture and they show up to the new home and they say, we're not giving you the furniture, you know, follow the analogy, meaning we're not giving you the money, Ukraine, um, uh, until you pay me extra, uh, that that's something wrong, but it's not bribery. Right. So... The Democrats are so desperate to shoehorn his behavior into a claim of an impeachable offense that they've taken behavior, assume it to be what they say it is, and called it something it clearly is not.
that's the desperation that that is the Democrats now. All right, Tim wants to join us. Let yeah. him join us here on the uh, the show. Tim, how are you? Welcome here from Little Rock to the Dave Ellswick <laughs> Show. Uh, thank you, and I appreciate the law professor being on. Um, I think we can assume that the the facts are that President Trump did withhold taxpayer money um, in asking for that favor of looking at his political opponent. No, they um, didn't prove uh, that. Uh, well, they will when they go to the actual Senate trial, I believe. And I'm and this is for the law professor. Sure. Remember when Asa was a was a House manager for the Clinton impeachment? I don't remember it offhand, but but I I, I recall that he was. I mean, I don't remember it when uh-huh. it happened, but I know after the fact that he was. Yes. Yeah. So the Democrat representatives will come over and they'll have appointed House managers. Will there be at that time? Will Giuliani, Pompeo, Mulvaney, would they be would they be called in the Senate? They will likely be called because the Democrats will be able to call their witnesses and the Republicans will be able to call their witnesses. So likely. Yes. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So I I think it would be very informative. And again, whether it's, you know, impeachment is not a you know, I I read the Andrew McCarthy in National Review, who's a great Trump supporter. That's right. Say that you know. Yes, you can. You can no longer say there's not a quid pro quo. It happened. Is it an impeachable offense? And he said no. Right. Uh, but, th- but there will be a very good debate about you know what was the intent. And if we were to hear from Giuliani, Pompeo, Mulvaney, because you know even you know Rex Tillerson, General Kelly, there are serious you know Republicans who are saying you know this is totally inappropriate. It was in no way perfect, as the president has stated. So I think if we were to hear those folks, then we could – I think the public could then better decide, you know, what was the intent? Is this impeachable? Uh, it would be a great uh, – much more informative than what we have now. I agree. But, but, but here's, here's the problem, Tim. You're saying when it gets to the Senate, impeachment must happen before it goes to trial in the Senate. And right yeah. now, I don't think that the House – uh, they, all they have is a house of cards. When they talk about bribery, there's witness after witness after witness that said there was no bribery. They never heard the president say anything about a bribe, and on and on and on. So who? how are you going to find that being impeachment unless it's nothing more than a political uh, hunt by the Democrats? Well, I think they could, they could very make the strong argument that, again, there was abuse of presidential power withholding that aid, you know, and asking for political dirt on his opponent. I think they could is make that, the But is that what he is that what he said? I don't think that's what he said. We don't know because, you know, again, the good arguments from conserv- from Republicans, I'm not going to say conservatives, I'm going to say Republicans, has been that there has, you know, we don't have any firsthand knowledge. You know, all we have is hearsay. And then we had Ambassador Sondland, you know, that was a presidential, you know, he's, he's not a never-Trumper. He gave a million dollars to the inauguration. He said, yes, my, I'm inferring that there was a quid pro quo. We don't know that for sure. Uh, but I think it would be of, of great interest. There may be enough Democrats to defect in those swing districts and say, you know, hey, this is not worth the trouble. And that could happen. There may not be a, a trial. But I think it would be great to actually learn from those firsthand folks what, what, what the intent was. Well, what we heard. My take on it. Okay. Yeah. 
And we appreciate. I think your Tim call, had some very insightful comments. I, I, it doesn't mean I agree with everything he said, but he he had a very measured and, and reasoned comment. Look, there 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 are many moving parts here. Now the question is whether there was an exchange uh, for the money for uh, pursuing some form of an investigation, and then what investigation? Because as you recall, Dave. What the Democrats always say is he was holding back the money so he could get dirt on his opponent. No, no, wait a second. Wait a second. It, it, to the extent that he was holding back the money for an investigation, the claim is that it was an investigation regarding this barisma and what happened with Joe Biden stopping the prosecutor or getting rid – I should say getting rid of this prosecutor – so that an investigation would involve someone that potentially is an opponent in the primary that's going to result in the final opponent against him doesn't mean that it is an investigation of simply to get dirt on an opponent, right? Meaning Joe Biden doesn't get a get-out-of-jail-free card like Hillary Clinton did just because he's a political apparatchnik. So uh, Trump is aware as is everyone now, by the way, of what Biden said in that famous videotape where he strong-armed the Ukrainians to get rid of this prosecutor. Now, of course, the mainstream media says, well, everybody agreed he was lousy. I don't know. Maybe he was lousy. Uh, But again, why is that not strong-arming for his own personal benefit? And they would say, oh, well, they see, that's not what we're accusing Trump of because he did it for a good motive. And that's the point that Tim was touching upon, which is what's the motive of Trump saying he wants this investigation of corruption for an investigation of corruption or simply because he's going after Joe Biden? And the Democrats assume away that question. There's not even investigated. They assume away that question. Sounds a lot like Sondland. Right. Assuming. That's right. I assumed it. Okay. And he assumed it even after he had spoken directly right. to the president, right. asked the president, right. hey, what do you want me to do? And he right. says, I don't want you to do anything. I don't want no quid pro quo. Just let the Ukrainian uh, president know to do what he's supposed to do, right. what he should do. Right, right. He'd been pl- he had been, he had promised his people to get rid of corruption. So, so he, he's saying basically, me, get rid of the corruption. Someone gave me a, an analogy. Uh, which is, I, I don't know if it's politically correct, because gosh knows you always mandate that I have politically correct comments on this show, Dave. And th- they said, well, you know, if someone goes into a bar and sees someone else at a bar and has some interest and goes up and says, can, can I buy you a glass of wine? And the other person, notice I'm keeping all the genders out, yeah. right? And uh, keep uh, says to the other person, uh, you know, can I buy you a glass of wine? And the other person says, sure. Now, what's the motive there? Right? Well, Nobody you, knows. Right. And, and well, it, because if the motive is to exchange that wine for sex, that's prostitution, isn't it, Dave? I but, guess you could look at it right? that way. Right. But if the motive is, I'd like to get to know this person, and then maybe something would happen, which might eventually include what I just mentioned, mm-hmm. that's perfectly legal. So that's the, that's the kind of crass analogy to what's going on here. What's the bottom line here? One is legal. One is arguably, I mean, I don't know if anybody could be prosecuted for that, but the point is, what's the intent there? And as you say, people can make whatever presumption, you know, the person can say, get away from me. You're trying to buy me with a drink. Well, I wasn't, says the first person. Let me remind everybody what assumption does. 
Yeah, exactly. Assume does what? It makes an ass of you and me. That's right. That's the way it works. And Sondland learned that point very, very, very hard during the time that he sat before that committee. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be back with more. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, let's get into the final half hour. Here at the Dave Ellswick Show for a Monday, sitting across from me, Robert Steinbach, who joins me on Mondays. And we've been talking politics, of course. We're talking about impeachment, talking about a lot of different things. I promised you we had a comment from Senator Tim Scott that I wanted to play. Let's hear it. And uh, here's what he has to say about the House impeachment. I think, uh, listen, it is clear. One thing is crystal clear. What we heard this week from the House was no facts no evidence, nothing that would lead to an impeachment. This is a place where I think all Americans wanted to know where where is the fact pattern that leads to a conclusion of impeachment. And what we heard was instead contradictory conclusions from Vindman and Williams. We heard inconsistency from Sondland. He says there was a quid pro quo, but when he talks about the president's own words to him, he said the president said, No quid pro quo. So I'm not confused. I'm actually more clear that there is no way in the world that the Senate can act and convict the president of impeachment because he seems to be innocent. Yeah, well, look, Dave, this is what we've been talking about. That's right. I just said that in the last segment. That's right. That's right. This is what we've been talking about the whole show virtually. Uh, That is that. Assume what the Democrats say to be true. There is no impeachable offense. And that's why they've come up with a brand new definition of the word bribery, so much so that it's like calling an apple a banana. You can call an apple a banana. It still ain't a banana. That's right. And that's and you know why? Because the Democrats are bananas. See, I don't understand how people can just willy-nilly just completely ignore all the people who said – I never heard bribery. I never heard quid pro quo. I never heard the president say to do this or to do that. And then everybody acts as though that doesn't matter. Well, you watch Schiff up there in that uh, um, on on the dais, and when he gives his opening and his closing talk, he's a pearl clutcher. You know, it's, oh, my goodness, uh, I'm so breathless. The The Union Army is coming down, you know, like it's a scene from from, uh, what, Gone, with from Gone with the Wind or something. And They're, it, they're approaching Atlanta. Yeah, they're, they're, they're approaching the Capitol. Uh, and it's all just acting, right? It's all faux. And so there's no substance behind it. You can dislike Trump, and you can dislike what he did here. Mm-hmm. You know, the caller, Tim, made the point. He goes, well, there are several Republicans who said what he did was, was bad. Okay. It, but okay. It, it may have been. No, but my point is, it, like, so I, I think half the things, if not more, that Obama did were bad. Not illegal. There may have been illegal. But my point is, bad is a personal preference. I don't like your policy. I don't like your behavior. I don't like your actions. Those things are bad. Okay. Don't vote for the guy. By the way, they didn't. So that's the thing about politics. You can say all this stuff is bad. And, you know, Tim also said, well, it's certainly not perfect. Well, I'll say two things about that. First of all, one guy says it's bad. Trump says it's good. Trump says it's perfect. These are 
opinions, right? It's like, well, that chocolate cake is good or bad. Well, if you don't like chocolate, it's bad. If you like chocolate, it's probably a lot better. So what's the right answer? It's a personal preference. So Trump says it's perfect by his own standard on something that is not measurable objectively. Moreover, I've said this before, Trump comes from real estate. He's a salesman. So everything is either great or horrible. There is no gray. That's how he speaks. That's not, it's not an excuse. It's not an apology. It's just a description. But in any event, he can say it's perfect, and the other guy can say it's bad, and they both can be right because they are subjective evaluations. Yeah, let me play two pieces from Adam Schiff yeah. from yesterday, yeah. which will prove your point exactly. Mm-hmm. Let's start off with— That's always a good thing. Let's, yeah, let's start <laughs> off with number one about the evidence is overwhelming. Over- Pearl clutching. Those are the three moments then in your view that are most important. Um, is there no, you have no more public testimony scheduled that we know of. Uh, your committee has begun running the report. So is, is that it? Are there going to be any more hearings, any more witnesses, or are you done? We don't foreclose the possibility of more depositions, more hearings. We are in the process of getting more documents all the time. So that investigative work is going to go on. What we're not prepared to do is wait months and months while the administration plays a game of rope-a-dope in an effort to try to stall. Uh, we're not willing to go down that road. And what's more, the evidence is already overwhelming. The, the remarkable thing about this, and we've done this with almost, well, literally no documentary production from the administration, is the facts are really not contested. It's really not contested what the president did. Mm-hmm. Um, what is open to question is whether members of Congress are going to do their duty uh, and whether there will be anyone like Howard Baker, anyone on the Republican side that is willing to put their country, their constitution above the party or even the person of this president, because I don't think he really represents at least what the Republican Party used to stand for. Okay, let's talk about the different, this is apples and oranges, when he talks about Howard Baker and about Watergate and talks about this. There's no comparison. Of course not. Do go back and just do a little reading. You don't have to do a lot. Just go back and read what did Howard Baker do during Watergate. He, you know, he's one of them that went up to the the White House and told Nixon it was time to go. Right, right. Because it was time to go. Right. So you take Watergate, where the president uh, approved um, paying off people after an illegal break-in and lying about it and covering it up, versus the situation we have here. And so all the mainstream media said, why aren't the Republicans acting here like they did with Nixon? And the answer is, because this ain't the Nixon situation. Not because, even close. Because the basis of your analogy is flawed. So, in fact, they are acting the way they did with Nixon. They went against Nixon because he was clearly wrong, but they therefore... One can deduce that the Republican position back then was, if the president is wrong, we go against him. If he's not, we don't. And they didn't here. Meaning, it's consistent with the approach that the Republicans did with Nixon. You go after wrongdoing, and you don't go after a lack of wrongdoing, like Schiff and the Democrats are doing, where they are politicizing political intervention, excuse me, interaction by the president with the leader of another country. That's what it was, political interaction. 
That's it. Yeah, I mean, that really ticks you off when they take some kind of historical figure and cast them in a position that is not even close exactly. to what you're dis- what you're talking but about this, now. Right, it's the same thing that we talked about earlier in your show, Dave, when we discussed their new definition for bribery. They made up a new meaning for bribery. They make up a new standard by which Republicans or anybody should abide by, which is go after the president regardless of wrongdoing, rather than the standard demonstrated with Nixon, which was go after the president because of wrongdoing. That's a slightly different standard, even though only one word has changed. That's the problem. We see transparently through the facade that is the democratic claim of impeachable offense and there's no there there all right now you've got that now let's hear when adam shift is asked if you if you have overwhelming evidence all right if you have overwhelming evidence it's a you know it's a, a a a shut case right it's it's got wrapping paper and a bow on it and everything it's done then do the impeachment you've got what it's going to take to to get it to get all the votes that you need here's what adam schiff said when he was asked about should the president be impeached cut number uh, four so if the facts aren't contested and your committee is writing up the report, and you don't, at least as of now, have any scheduled witnesses or depositions, do you think President Trump should be impeached? I want to discuss this with my constituents and my colleagues before I make a final judgment on it. But, but there are a couple really important things we need to think about. And one is, are we prepared to say that soliciting foreign interference, conditioning official acts like $400 million in taxpayer money, White House meetings, to get political favors is somehow now compatible with the office. Because if we do, it's basically carte blanche for this president and anyone who comes after him. But are we also prepared to say that Congress will tolerate the complete stonewalling of an impeachment inquiry or our oversight? Because if we do, it'll mean that the impeachment clause is a complete nullity. And more than that, our oversight ability is really an ability in name only. But if that's your view, and you've also said that this week's testimony, quote, goes right to the heart of the issue of bribery, and you've also said that what you've seen is, quote, far more serious than what Nixon did. Explain to me how you have not come to the conclusion that the president should be impeached. I mean, it sounds like he, you think he should be impeached. Well, I certainly think that the evidence that's been produced um, overwhelmingly shows serious misconduct by the president. But I do want to hear uh, more from my constituents and I want to hear more from my colleagues. This is not a decision I will be making alone. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, this is a decision about whether the, the founding fathers had in mind this kind of misconduct when they gave Congress this remedy. And uh, I have to think that this is very much central to what they were concerned about. That, that is a unethical man or woman takes that office, uses it for their personal political gain, sacrifices the national security to do so. Uh, if that wasn't what the founders had in mind, it's hard to imagine what they did. There you go. It, uh, Dave, um, you for- have overwhelming evidence, you said, Congressman. Why do you have to talk to your constituents if your evidence is overwhelming? 
Why do you have to talk to your colleagues if the evidence is overwhelming? I'll tell you why. Because the evidence is not overwhelming. It's even worse than that. While, while everything you said is entirely correct, it's even worse than that, Dave. This is word jumble. This is word soup. This is word vomit. What he's saying to you is there's nothing substantive about anything that I do. It's all political. And since yeah. it's all political, I check with the two political counterparts that are most important to me, my constituents and my Democratic colleagues. The facts have nothing to do with it. The substance has nothing to do with it. It is all politics. And Schiff just admitted that in that interview with Jake Tapper. Jake Tapper was laughing at him. Yes, he, he said, was at the How end. How is it? How is it that you say all of this parade of horribles about the president and then you say, well, you know, I can't decide now. He's like that yeah. cartoon dog character moping off into the corner because he can't figure out which dog bowl to eat out of. Schiff, get yourself a spine. Yeah, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I I just think that he knows that he's been he's been shoveling BS since this started, and he gets to the point where he doesn't know what exactly to say, so he just makes things up on the run. That's right. That's exactly right. That's exactly what he does. I mean, you who are listening that hate Trump and want to see him gone, are you really willing to cast your lot into that camp? That, that's really the difficulty here is that, look, there are plenty of people that don't like Trump. They didn't vote for him the first time. They're not going to vote for him the second time. That's a perfectly legitimate position. I want to be clear. That's not me. But... I didn't vote for Hillary, uh, and I hope the Democrats think that's a. Maybe they don't. You know, maybe they don't think it's a legitimate position. But in any event, uh, it's perfectly legitimate not to like Trump and not support Trump. But what's not legitimate is to just assume away a due process, assume all the facts the way you want them to be, notwithstanding evidence to the contrary, so that you can. Try to get rid of the president through any means that you deem necessary. That is not a smart move. And the other thing that drives me nuts about Shift is he looks down his nose at people. Let me play one last yeah. cut today. Sure. Yeah. Keep a handkerchief handy because uh, you want to keep the puke in your mouth. <laughs> uh, Adam Schiff talking about if we get a partisan impeachment, that would mean none of the Republicans— Vote well, that's for what the we will have. I guarantee, it. I guarantee it. What does that mean? Listen to what Adam Schiff has to say. Unbelievable. Here we go. This is cut number nine. And ultimately, if only Democrats vote to impeach the president, President Trump, and Republicans and maybe a couple Democrats do not vote to impeach him, vote against that, doesn't that suggest that this is a pardoned partisan impeachment? Wouldn't that hurt? the credibility of the impeachment that only Democrats vote to support it. I think what it will mean if Listen we decide this. that we cannot accept this kind of conduct in the President of the United States and the Republicans decide that because of the president's party or because they're afraid of a primary or for whatever reason, they cannot vote to support impeachment. I think it'll mean a failure by the GOP to put the country above their party. Uh, and it will have very oh, long term consequences. God. Uh, if that's where we end up. Uh, and if not today, uh, I think Republican members in the future, to their children and their grandchildren, 
will have to explain why they did nothing in the face of this deeply unethical man who did such damage to the country. Okay, so let me ask this question. How many how many Democrats voted for, for Clinton's impeachment? I don't know. What, I bet what, you we go back, it? we found not, not very many. Yeah. All right, does that mean that the Democrats put their their party before their country? Well, I'd, I'd actually turn it around. Nancy Pelosi was the one who said this needs to be bipartisan. Yeah, absolutely. And, Can't do it unless it's right. bipartisan. And clearly it's not going to be bipartisan. And now um, Schiff says, by the way, if Schiff were a cup of tea, he'd be chamomile. I just want to – like I can't – the guy puts you to sleep when you're, ta- when you're just listening to him. In any event, he, he says, uh, um, oh, well – if it's not bipartisan, uh, they'll have to answer to their grandchildren. You know what all those Republican elected officials are saying? There's, okay. Yeah, we'll, done. We'll do Deal. that. Now you answer to your right. grandchildren. Now you go answer to yours, and you answer to your constituents, yeah. by the way, who he's seemingly checking with to determine whether or not all this parade of horribles is actually a parade of horribles. But put that aside for a moment, right? Yeah. So it's um, – look, they started out by saying it needs to be bipartisan. They, re- they had all their pearl clutching. They started their pearl clutching when it came to uh, Mueller. That fell apart when they called Mueller. So then they were scrounging around like a, a dog looking for a, a bone that it lost in, in the leaves. Uh, and then they came upon this. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. We're still on the impeachment trail. They pull this one out. They, they make a whole bunch of, well, we've got, we've got a whistleblower. You won't believe what that... Uh, phone call said seven times, seven times he Trump blackmailed the other side. Uh, Trump said, "Oh well, here's the transcript of oh oh that's the transcript." Um, well, uh, in any event, we've got more. We've got more, and, and we then, don't have to hear from the whistleblower anyhow. Yeah, we don't have to hear who whistle what? Who's that? What? I don't yeah. know of any right. So they every time they keep moving on, and so now there's no evidence uh, of impeachable offense. There is no need for the whistleblower. There's no need for bipartisanship. And the result of all that, notwithstanding all the claims to the contrary previously, is, well, you'll have to answer to your grandchildren. Okay. Deal. How's that? Deal. (laughs) Now, can we move on? (laughs) You go back to your constituents and ask them questions on what you should have for dinner because apparently you check with them on everything. And... You'll drop this impeachment nonsense, and I'll tell my grandchildren about what I did. Speaking, of course, for the Republican elected officials. Deal! All right. I think we've covered it pretty clearly Mm -hmm. today. I mean, we've covered this very well today. We've Mm -hmm. given you a lot of the things that Adam Schiff said. The only thing I could have done better is play the whole thing. Please. I was afraid you'd fall asleep and drive off the road. That's right. And then we got we have Bernie Sanders today. We've heard Here's Joe Biden today. Do. You know, we've heard from the GOP. We've heard from the president. We've heard from Senator Scott. We've heard from a lot of people. You make up your mind. Hey, is Joe Biden's son coming coming to town anytime soon? You know, I don't know. Parental visits and all. I think they're going to have a you know. uh, uh, what is it? A shower for him? Yeah, baby shower. Yeah, you know, something right. like that. Mm-hmm. All right, we got a break. Let's do that. Then Robert and I will be back to uh, finish up. Mm-hmm. All right, so. We're sitting here right now not knowing is the impeachment inquiry going to continue. We don't know. Schiff hasn't said. Uh, you know, are they are they going to vote 
and uh, come and say whether they're going for impeachment or not. We don't know. There, there are a lot of unanswered questions now hanging out there uh, in Washington by the Democrats. We'll get some information. We're going to have on uh, uh, Congressman French Hill by phone on Wednesday. He'll come on about 3.06. I, I just got done talking to his handler. He's just going to do 30 minutes. He thinks we can cover everything then in that amount of time. So, you know, we'll do our uh, our typical amount yeah. of time. That's all we need. Oh, yeah. Also, on Wednesday, uh, you're going to hear uh, a special interview in the 2 o'clock hour, and then we'll replay it again in the 5 o'clock hour. David Ray is going to be on with us, who's running for uh Oh, I thought you wanted me on five. You want me on yeah, 4? I want you on, yeah, 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I want you. You can come on at 3, too. No, no, no. I thought you said 5, but you yeah. just said you're replaying David Ray at 5. Let me let you me get back come back me. and I'll tell you when we're going to do it. I'm as confused as shift is right what, now. What? Who? Yeah. Where? What? 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 And we'll decide. What if if I've got something already? If I said that for five, we'll do five. Don't worry about it. Don't no, worry. I want to do da- it. Dave Ellswick, seventy-five years on radio. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of a lot of things you you get to hear twice uh, during this week because it's Thanksgiving week, which means I'm not here. Thursday or Friday or Saturday. Best of show on Saturday for the car and truck doctors mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. So just keep that keep that in mind. Anyway, plan on Robert being here Sometime. five o'clock. Five o'clock okay. on, on Wednesday. Put it on your schedules, folks. Three to three thirty uh, will be the uh, uh, congressman at uh, two o'clock. David Ray join us and Duck and Joe join us at four. So that that's the way we're looking for Wednesday. I had to just get it straight. It's these antibiotics. I gotta go see Joe. They got me crazy. The antibiotics are driving me nuts. You, you can blame it on anything you want. That's true. <laughs> I can be done. I can. Yeah. Blame it. Dave, on the, I've known you for what? Jim Beam for, for for ten years or so. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's it's only it's only one month you've been on it. That's <laughs> all I'm saying, folks. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. With that said, we're out of time. God bless. Hey, tomorrow the uh, power panel is on. And uh, the Bible guys are doing a best of show. That's for tomorrow here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.